Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marcus Parks. And today we're talking about S5E7, The Silence of Elam. Um, right off the bat, I would say, Natalie, you're right, that is a great title. Yeah, written by Brian Holdman, directed by Joshua Butler. Uh, so, we start off with Rosa's School Hallway during the day. Emily and Pam Fields are walking and talking. Pam, Pam Fields, Fields is back. Um, just Pam really... Fields is back, so we won't see any other parents in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pam is telling Emily that Mr. Ibarra was the only teacher of Emily's that wouldn't video conference of her while she was in Texas with Wayne. Um, which I guess is why she's here. I don't know. Yeah. So Pam is, Pam is going to be all about like telling really boring stories in this episode. Pam is going to be all about like just getting in there. Um, mm-hmm. so presumably Wayne Fields is alive and well back in Texas doing Pennsylvania National Guard stuff. Is he? I guess. Uh, but so Pam asks, you know, is this Mr. Barr character? Is he new? And Emily says, yes, he's very low tech. He won't even use an electric pencil sharpener, which Pam has to chuckle at. <laughs> uh, how antiquated. <laughs> um, de- Emily then looks ahead and sees Allison's walking down the hallway with Aria, Hannah, and Spencer following. Uh, they see Emily, and Allison kind of gives her this, like, come here, subtle it's, head nod. A little head tilt, yeah. Emily picks up on it, but then again, so does Pam. Mm-hmm. Which I always wanted Pam to be like, I'll be right back, Emily. And Emily's like, no, it's for me. <laughs> yeah, all the other liars just like walk by, look at Emily and go in. So Emily's got to, she's got to go talk to liars. But Pam's like, oh, no, wait. Uh, I just had a thought. Ask Allison to come by for dinner. And Emily's like, when? And Pam's like, tonight. And Emily's like, tonight. And Pam's like, yeah, spur the moment. And you know what? Ask the other girls to come by too. And my notes just say, this is a trap, Emily. Yeah. I guess they say it in Toby's voice. Emily, this is a trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily is like, she's just confused by this. She's like, uh, you know, Allie was just at the house. And, you know, yeah. when Emily spent that all night vigil over the sleeping form of Allison. Which, like, it's kind of funny. I'll bet Paige isn't allowed to sleep over in Emily's bed. Yeah, really. But maybe, like, Pam just hasn't done the math yet. Well, then they bring out like the fold out the one night that Paige stayed. Yeah, over, maybe she slept on the floor. Do you remember that like that brief moment, in, like season three, where Paige was too scared to exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she had PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, Pam's like, oh, I, you know, I know Allie was just here, but we didn't really get a t- chance to talk. And with everything Allie's been through, want to know, want her to know that uh, she needs an ear that's attached to an adult. I'm here for her. It's a weird thing to say. Well, like, it's like Pam just figures that every other adult in Allison's life is worthless. Mm-hmm. Thank God there's Pam Fields. Uh, I mean, what would Allie even have to say with Pam? Yeah, really. Um, so, you know, Emily says okay and then leaves very confused. Um, I'm kind of sad that we didn't get to see how that questioning with the police went, you know, about specifically where Allison was in Philadelphia that night. Well, has it happened? Uh, I, I got the like impression it, Tanner wanted that to be, you know, like pretty quickly. Tanner can want in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I get the impression it hasn't happened. Yeah, maybe. Um, so we cut to the liar's office, a.k.a. the bathroom. 
Uh, all five admirers are there. Alice is looking in the mirror. She's it looks like she's wearing one of Arya's scarves over a Christmas sweater that was turned into a blazer. I, Allie, Allie has the strangest fashion this season. I almost wrote down Cosby sweater, but it was too eerie. It was mm-hmm. too eerie. Um, well, I like the the blocking. The scene's interesting. Most of the liars are facing away from the camera, or like maybe in profile. But Hannah is like fully displayed. Like yeah. you really know this is her scene here, right? Um, so Spencer's just like all of us. What does your mom want with all of us? Emily says that she thinks that her mom was mostly just asking Allison, and Allison says that's not like your mom. She's a planner, which lol. <laughs> um, Emily has this look on her face, just like, oh, uh, should I be offended by that? Yeah, and Hannah says, okay, I'm pretty sure Emily's mom is not one of Mona's secret ninjas. And you know Spencer's thinking that. Are we sure? <laughs> and Hannah says, are we supposed to be just suspicious of everyone now? And it's like, well, probably, yeah. Would you just imagine, like, the Batman Begins training sequence of Raja Ghoul? I mean, like, Pam Fields is there mm-hmm. under, like, Mona's tutelage. Um, yeah, so Allison says, you know, it just saves time to be suspicious of everyone. So it's time to make this about Arya again, you guys. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, I don't think I'm going to be finished in time at Riley. I can't just put that Bethany drawing up on the board with my phone number. It's going to take a while. Basically, Arya's like, I don't want to go to this shit. Yeah. Fuck Pam. Yeah. And Spencer's like, well, he's not going to give us a while. And Arya's just like, oh, okay. Hey, are you going to Esther's later to help him move his research and spy stuff? And Spencer's just like, sure. She she looks so delighted. But she's like, so then Spencer turns to Emily and she's like, Look, Em, I would try to make it, but... And then she gives this kind of like, <laughs> but I don't really give a shit shrug. Well, it's like a, a head shake and a shrug. She's like, I'm going to try to make it, but... Eh. But really, <laughs> fuck this. And also, I'm still in the afternoon of Ezra, so you know I'm going to take like a five-hour shower afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison asked if Emily... Yeah, that can be taken a few different ways. Yeah, you true. Mm-hmm. Uh, write your fanfic, folks. Allison asked Emily if she could put her mom off, and... I, I, I love this show because like they have dug themselves into such turbulent holes and they're being hit from all sides so hard that they have to strategize their dinner plans with Emily's mom. <laughs> I mean, as, as hey, Emily, as, nobody wants to have dinner with your fucking mom. But I mean, like, as long as dinner doesn't go as bad as that dinner with Maya went. Well, I, I think, think they're all thinking like, man, we heard about that shit show with Maya. We don't want anywhere near your mom. As long as you don't get to Maya levels of just about anything, I think things will be a-okay. <laughs> Yeah, so Emily's like, no, we can't put my mom off, not without an epic excuse. And they all just, like, grimace. They're just like, ugh. Yeah. And Allie's like, uh, okay, we'll just do it. Get it over with. And Hannah's like, your wish is our command. Mm-hmm. Allie's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Hannah just, like, drops, like, bad girl smirk and walks off. She's like, let's go to class. Yeah, the bell rings. Yeah, she's just like, they're playing my song. Um, So she heads out. Spencer's just like, eh. And Arya is just like... uh her face basically says, I would care about my friend Hannah, but I'm a murderer who's also going undercover in a mental asylum after school, so... Mm-hmm. Emily has some subdued anger. No Arya part Spencer... of that sentence was exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> Arya spends her leave. Uh, Emily starts to leave, but Allison stops her. Allison asks Emily if, if... Can you walk me home after school? And Allison's like, you know, everything that happened with A at my house is just really intense. Um, these things things are pretty awkward between these two. And well, Emily's like, sure. sure. And Ellie's like, how's your arm? And Ellie says, it's okay, I'll be fine. And Ellie's like, I don't know if I'll be fine. Do you think the teachers will see my bruises? And what if they ask questions? I mean, that's the kind of thing they have to report, don't they? And Ellie's kind of like pawing at her sca- scarf that she put on, like looking in the mirror um, I get to cover up her bruise on her neck. And 
once again, it's it's hard to tell here. Is Allie doing this as some sort of power play for Emily's sympathy? Or is she actually allowing herself to be vulnerable around Emily because she likes her? I, you know, there's times when I really, like, I walk that line. Well, it's really, it's easy to be cynical with Allie and be like, ooh, another machination. You know, she's stringing Emily along, making her feel bad for her. But I don't know. Maybe she's not. I feel like I'm cynical in some of the ways she treats Emily based Mm -hmm. on some of the looks when they first started up this Emerson business of late. Like, I feel like. There's times when maybe it comes from a genuine place, but Allison has to know that she can't lose Emily. Like, True. Yeah. Emily I don't know. should be I, the easiest. I like to give Allie the benefit of the doubt because I feel like nobody does. Yeah, I would. I think of others, especially in some of her private moments when you don't know what the fuck she's thinking. Like I think that there's a real, you know, sad, hurting person there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, Emily tells her to breathe. The concealer covers most of it, anyways. Just then. The stall door opens and Sydney walks out with a big smile on her face. And hi, says hi to Emily, walks with Allison, introduces herself. Allison's face basically is communicating, the fuck is this? You know, uh, is it Chloe Bridges? Yeah. Is that her name? Um, like, I know she was on that Carrie Diary show, which I'll never watch. Was she like a villain on that show or something? Because she seems like... She's like vaguely evil. I don't know. There's something about her look. Maybe it's just they gave her this like long, dark, straight hair, and like there's oh, something yeah. sinister about her. Uh, like, like, but in an elegant way, though. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's just like she seems sketchy. Like, I know that that she has some hardcore fans that I've seen on the internet, but I feel like she's not quite yet at like super villainous diva level. But yeah, I mean, she doesn't really play it like a diva, but there's just something about her where she just she seems like a mean girl. You know? She looks like she should be playing, and I mean this in a nice way. Yeah. I really, I really do. She looks like she can't be, wait she to be hear playing it. like teenage Cruella Deville. I kind of see that, yeah. Like it just seemed like there's like a very elegant like like thing about her. She should come out. She should deliver some kind of gorgeous like uh, uh monologue while like smoking a cigarette when those like cigarette holders and then she should kick like a kitten across a room or something in high heels of course I yeah know. i mean maybe it's just the way she's playing her character her character never seems totally sincere and obviously we we know now that she she's working with moda I, so she isn't yeah and i think it's a jumbled bag though because like she seemed too sincere to exist when she first showed up and then she's working with jenna and mona mm-hmm. And then it's like you don't know which of the lines she's straddling. I don't think I think it's a very interesting vein to come from, though, because you don't know, but you don't necessarily think that she's totally evil. I think she still kind of communicates something innocent about her. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she seems more like a henchman than a a lead villain or anything. Like I, I feel like she's just following orders and very her various you know machinations. But there's will there's be. more of a of a human side to her that comes off to me than say with like Jenna. L- Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Fuck Lucas. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, Sydney says hi to Emily. She introduces herself to Allison. Uh, Allison just, like, looks... Well, like- Sydney has to be like, that's a beautiful scarf, and kind of yeah. reach out and touch it. And just It's Bonk. almost like she's subtly letting Allie know that she heard. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had to. Have. No yeah. one's pooping that hard. Yeah, Allison's her- face is like, who's this bitch? Yeah, exactly. And then we go to our credits. Um and it gets more interesting because after the credits, we're by Sydney's locker. Emily's standing there with Sydney, and she's getting shit out of her locker. Like, I wonder if, like, Emily was sent 
with Sydney just to like ascertain what did she hear and like mm-hmm. what is this bitch's temperature. Um, but Sydney's just told Emily the story of Paige screaming after practice because <laughs> somebody put a dead rat in her swim cap. Sydney's uh, like she was shaking all over. I guess she has a thing with rodents. I think everybody does when they're in your clothes. Also, I don't have a thing with rodents in your clothes. Why? I mean, I'd probably wash the clothing. Okay. This is a bad season of PLL for rodents, though. Mm. Oh, you know, but I, I forgot to bring this up on a podcast. I, we're learning new things about Marco all the time. You got a, a spider thing. Uh, I don't really care for spiders. Mm. I don't really care for spiders. That's Marco's way of saying he's afraid of spiders. I don't say like I'm afraid of spiders. I won't jump up on a chair or anything. I may for I'm a rodent. test that out later. You're just going like, to fling a spider at me? Yes. I think we're going to get into one of your fetishes later in this episode. Oh, we're getting there. I, I've got my notes on it. Well, I like that you know exactly the one I'm talking about. <laughs> you sick son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so Sydney says that, that no one has fessed up to the deed. The coach wants a team meeting, but Sydney doesn't think it's someone on the Sharks because everybody loves Paige. So we know that's not true. Uh, yeah, but I feel like she's like, really did, did the team Emily come here. around to Paige? Because like they seemed like they couldn't stand her a year ago. I mean, maybe they like her now that she like Calm I don't down. know like took it down a notch. Yeah, or like twelve notches. It's not oh. like handing out like bracelets for everyone anymore. Yeah, I'm, like campaigning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like uh, well, I I guess it's easier to like Paige. Paige is probably the best swimmer they have now that Emily's gone. Well, and I I feel like they liked Emily, and it was like, oh, well, if Emily's dating Paige, maybe Paige isn't so bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Paige was, like, super annoying when she short showed up on the show. She's, like, uh, man. I, I, I blame a lot of that on her dad. Like, her dad is a huge dick, so I'm sure that's where her she Her dad was it. a huge asshole. Her yeah. dad made Ezra look cool. Just ponder that. Whoa. Um, like, Ezra yeah. had to step to Paige's dad, and then, like, Ella got a little wet spot. Right, right. Um, And then uh, Pam had to, like, bitch slap uh, Paige's dad around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, I definitely feel like Sydney's kind of baiting Emily here, and uh, everybody loves Paige, and Sydney's like, like her, likes her, I mean. Um, <laughs> so Emily's like shooken up by that. She says she hasn't seen Paige yet, and Sydney says she doesn't think Paige is coming. Well, Emily just has this like sick feeling in her gut look on her face. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think only part of it though is like genuine concern for Paige. It's also guilt for. Oh yeah, it's it's guilt for because Emily assumes that this is all her fault. Yeah, this is payback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like mafia rules here. Um, but Emily starts to walk off. Sydney follows. Uh, you know, asks if Emily's okay. Emily says she's fine, but she's not. Just then, Emily sees Mona coming down the stairs ahead of her. Mona's fashion here, to me, is an intersection of old Hannah and Aria. She's, I mean, like I right like, down. Like this is what Allie's been trying to pull off this season and not making it work. Yeah, yeah, but Mona's like, crushing it. Right down to like the headless bird brooch that she's wearing over her cheetah print top. Well, the, it's not just a cheetah print top. It's a cheetah print top, only it's like uh, kind of off white with like blue and like neon blue, neon green cheetah prints on top of the off white top. And then like a royal blue skirt and like a hot pink belt around her waist. Like it, it's a look. I mean, if you told me that like Mikey Montgomery was like smuggling wardrobe out of aria's like mm-hmm. closet to mona i would believe it i feel like she is kind of trying to become like aria yeah um and like she even like, has big crazy earrings on 
and like Mike's like, whatever you're doing, it's driving me wild. Um, <laughs> so Emily barges towards Mona, asks if Mona knows anything about this. And Mona's just like, you're going to have to give me a hit. Oh, she's so good. She's so coy. Uh, and Emily's just like, what happened to Paige? And Mona goes, oh, the rat. Oh, God, <laughs> it just makes me irk to think about. Hey, Sydney. <laughs> Sydney's like, hey. And Mona says, such a creepy thing to do to someone as sweet as Paige. How is she? <laughs> like, her sincerity is so wonderful. Uh, Emily's totally not buying in. She's like, she stayed home from school today, scared. Well, they're trolling Emily from both ends here, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Mona's like, a dead rat has boy written all over it. And she's nodding. Like, she's so fiercely committed to, like, her nice Mona persona right now. Yeah. Uh, and Sydney's like, any particular boy? And Mona says, none come to mine. And Emily's like, not even Nolcon. And she looks down. We see in, like, Mona's binders in her hand. One of those binders says Nolcon on it. Yeah. And Mona just, like, she looks down and smiles. She's like, oh, he let me his notes. As a favor. Later. And Mona just strolls off being awesome. Like, why do we think she really has Nolcon's binder? Why would she need his notes? Yeah, because, I mean, whatever Nolcon's pulling off, he's a dunce compared to Mona. <laughs> Everyone is. I mean, Mona's a fucking super genius. Like, her, his notes are probably just, like, weird, like, drawings of people having sex. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, imagine he's just drawing, like, penises on inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, Emily and Sydney have to watch her go because he just... You have to marvel at that glory. So in the courtyard, Caleb's back at school. He's sitting at a table there reading a Swamp Thing graphic novel. He's from the New 52. One of the New 52 Swamp Thing stories, which is a shame, because I would think that Caleb would be dining down on some like classic Alan Moore. I don't know. I just Swamp it, Thing it, sucks. Let's just put that out there. There's always Alan Moore. It's a good Swamp Thing. Uh, but Alan uh, Moore, I, I, yeah. I know he's good, but like, there's something about Alan Moore. It's, it's almost like a Tarantino thing with me, where like, his fans just bother me. Well, the problem with Alan Moore is, yeah, he, you're not wrong, but there's all the way that the media's reported him because he doesn't play ball with the media. I mean, like, if you ever actually listen to his side sure. story, eh, I don't know about his side that. story, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see Hannah strutting over. She looks good. You you could dress her as Elizabeth Sounder, and she still crushes it. She Yeah, uh, she's in full bad girl attire, like these, like, totally, like, distressed and, like, scuffed up, you know, tight jeans and tight leather jacket, Ooh. green t-shirt. So Hannah's gone through, she's going through the dark Hannah saga here. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she, did she just have these clothes in the closet? Like in case she ever feels like vamping it. She might. <laughs> like in case of like emergency break glass on this part of the closet. Maybe she just went out and shoplifted him. Crisis. On infinite Hannah. Right, she um, looks like she belongs in like a like late nineties grunge bar or something, you know? She looks like she's the girl with the Hannah tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sits across from him, asks what he's doing here, and he says exit exams. And so she asks how reading about monsters is going to help him, which, I mean, that's what this whole show is about. Shouldn't he, Shouldn't be, studying? he be studying? Yeah. Caleb's like, oh, wing it. And she's like, you can't wing it. It's like all of high school in one test. And he's like, look, I'm good. If they say, who signed the Emancipation Proclamation? I'll say, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, don't be a douche, Caleb. Hannah laughs, and he's like, what? I believe it. And I'll give him that. Daniel Day-Lewis was great as Honest Ape. Uh, another fun anachronism. Um, Hannah steals some of his fries, pauses, realizes that's too familiar. She says she should apologize, or she apologized. She says she shouldn't have asked before she did it. He reminds her that she never did before. This is their familiar X moment. Meanwhile, yeah. 
Ezra, Ari and Ezra are literally eating food off of each other's faces. Mm-hmm. These two are keeping it classy. That we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Let me but, just slip this somewhere. Uh, um, Hannah sits down awkwardly. Uh, Caleb finally is like, asks her, you know, what's going on? Uh, she's like, what do you mean? He says, you only eat three at a time when you're bugging out about something. This is it about Allison? And Hannah kind of explains uh, the dinner with Emily's mom and how they all have to be there just in case Pam decides to grill Allie too. And so does Caleb know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Uh, Caleb says, why do you all have to be there? How much immoral support does Allison need? Hmm. And it's like, Caleb, Caleb's just like, if you're going to make a break, just do it. And it's like, it's not that easy. And he's like, I didn't say it wouldn't be messy. And Hannah says, Caleb, I've been through a divorce. Okay. It's not just about cutting off Allison. I don't want to get into some weird custody battle over our over our friends. And Caleb's like, "Well, if you lose them, you've also got me." And he smiles at this, but it like it quickly fades and gets awkward. And so he, Caleb kind of pretends to cough, and he's like, "Oh, I should probably get going." You know, could use the next ten minutes to figure out why there are three branches of government. How do you not know that? Whoa! So I like you know how that in like fourth grade with the haunted outlook in the alcoholism and the Asian pop star look. Caleb also came back as a dumbass. Yeah. What happened to your hacker skills? Yeah, really. Uh, Hannah's like, good luck, idiot. Um, mm-hmm. So meanwhile, at Radley, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if this is after school or just like sometime in the afternoon part of the school day, but Arya's carrying like a tub of supplies down a hallway. She looks, into, she walks into like a large room, which looks like she, maybe she has a cafeteria. big name tag on her uh, kind of you know shoulder area. that says Arya in all caps on it. Uh yeah, so it's like it's like a cafeteria or just like a large room with a lot of tables. She I think has, this is just the like the the common room. I think is where she is. Like a different common room than the mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, no, has, it's the same one. The piano's there. Is the piano there? I mean, it might be a different set, but yeah, the piano's there. Okay, I think it's a different set though. She passes yeah. by Eddie Lamb, who takes special note of her. He says, "Hey," and asks if she's a new volunteer. Um, and then well, he he's, says, "He's kind of frowning, like, hmm." Well, then he says, "Aria." In a tone as if he recognizes her, and she turns around like super freaked out. And well, she at, at first she freezes like she's been made, yeah. And then well, she like looks, she must have put her hands up in the air. <laughs> yeah, there's like this, through this whole scene, she keeps on like turning away from him, then turning back, super guilty looking. Yeah, and Eddie's just like, "Oh, I mingled it, didn't I?" And Ari's like, "What?" And he's like, "Your name on the badge." And Aria looks down and like realizes she's a fucking idiot, and her name's right on her shirt. And she's like, "Oh no, no, you got it right." How I, else would one possibly pronounce that name? Yeah, I, I really want her to use one of her other aliases, like Anita or Anita. Arle- Arlene. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya's trying to go about her business. Uh, Eddie Lamb asks if she's volunteered for the reading program last year. And Arya's terrible in her like Serpico undercover thing here. And she says, no, this is her first time. And he's just like, I feel like we've met before. So she kind of sweetly tells him she doesn't think so, and then he leaves, and she, like... Arya un- is one smooth undercover operator. Well, she's unpacking some cups, but she looks pretty rattled by this encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to an empty classroom, of course. Caleb's, like, signing in on a sign-in sheet for this exit exam, and Allison shows up. She's trying to make nice, you know, and she's like, oh, it's good to see you again. Now the smoke is cleared. Well, Caleb- I like there, there's, like, a weird juxtaposition here where, like, at first... Caleb's hunched over and Allie's standing behind him, and then they'll like switch places in a bit here. Yeah, uh, he's going to take it in a different direction, though, and be a little bit bitchy. Uh, I feel like this is how he's always been loyal to Hannah. Mm-hmm. Whenever she's had a problem with Jenna, like that was yeah. his thing, just to be bitchy to her. It's not one of his better qualities, in my opinion. Um, so Caleb's just like, yeah, my ears are still ringing. Um, so Allison says that she's glad she's not the only one to take these tests, and he's like, I'm taking them to get out. You're taking them to get in. 
He hands the pen over to her and they like, switch places. So she goes. I like the way it. she kind of saunters on over as he moves behind her. She's got a strut, and she's yeah. like basically this is what it all comes down to, huh? Pass fail, win lose, and he's just like, "Is that what you learned those two years? Someone had you in a box." Well, I love um, this moment because Ellie, she's leaned over signing, and he says this behind her, and she just looks up like, "Really." Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, like, 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 is this son of a bitch thinking he can step to me? Well, this is fun because I don't know if we've really ever seen this sort of interaction with Allie before. I mean, we've seen her interact with all all the the various women on the show, uh, and like Noel Khan a little, but we usually don't see her interact with guys very much, other than like Ian, I guess. Um, yeah, this true. is this is just like her, like this is how she how she deals with men in her life. Oh, ad- adversarial men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she stands up and she faces him and she's just like, I got out of the box, didn't I? And oh, he's yeah. like, with a little help from your friends. And she's like, well, everyone needs somebody to, to depend on. Which is kind of funny that these two have the um, the Mrs. Grunewald connection. I just thought. like, Oh, yeah. Had Hannah ever mentioned Mrs. Grunewald to Caleb before he got on that fucking bus to Ravenswood? But uh, he says to her, you seem to need a lot of support. And she's like, I'm not sure I know what you mean. He's like, oh, I'm not sure either. I don't know you that well. And then she's like. You don't like, know me at all. Exactly. Caleb's like, that's right. I just know you from what you leave behind. Like a tornado. And she makes sniper eyes at him. Yeah. Just like, she's like pondering, like, how am I going to destroy you? Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, what the hell, Caleb? Like, two words from Hannah. And like, suddenly you're running off half cock to protect her all over again. Like, you can't drunk. say anything to this guy. This is why the Hannah doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. I um, feel like uh, Allie here should just be like, a tornado? Bitch, I'm a hurricane. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, in the Radley art class, uh, Arya's like chilling in the back watching this cl- this class. Is the art teacher's holding up a print of a painting. Uh, this is Helen Hong as Lynn, the art teacher, according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, notice how the artist used the paint. He wanted to capture a feeling as much as of a flower. I want you to do the same. Use any color to express how the flower makes you feel. Because this is a room full of Van Goghs, obviously. How does Arya feel? Whoa. That's... Immediately, like, something crawled up front just starts tearing up her painting. Yeah. Which I know we shouldn't laugh at this, but it's funny. Yeah, uh, right. Arya, or the woman rushes over. She's like, no, Donna, don't do that. There are no mistakes, guys. Great paintings often come out of mistakes from great painters. <laughs> and Arya's just standing over by this table with a bunch of uh, like sketch, like paintings and sketches, and like stacked up in her hands. Mm-hmm. And the woman says, "Arya, would you mind spreading out the other prints on the table?" So Arya does this, and she kind of slyly works in the Bethany drawing that she has with Mrs. D and the roses mm-hmm. being attacked by the demon. Yeah, she puts that one out there too. Uh, other girls come over to watch, and Arya's like kind of moving the drawing to make it a little more noticeable and. There's a uh, like a black girl who's watching her, and just like it's like she's just getting angrier and angrier, and finally she's just like thief, thief, and Arya likes like oh, you know mm-hmm. the woman running the class runs over and she's like Rhonda, you know like shut your face, and Rhonda it's the black girl she's saying she stole my drawing, and the woman's like no she didn't this is Arya's first class with us, and the lady she like like the drawing gets covered up and that it's hard to tell oh, who no. does it. It looks like Arya's, like, is sliding it, Arya? it under some paper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the lady's like, oh, just ignore Rana. She's having a day. Um, Arya's like, well, what happened? The lady says, police may have upset her. That patient they found dead was her former roommate. Oh, shit. Which, I mean, what was that, like, 
two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, two years ago. Naria looks over at Rhonda, and Rhonda's just like glaring at her. It's like oh. Rhonda totally sees through Arya. Yeah, her eyes are like battering rams of murder, pulsating right at the mysterious girl's lyrical mm-hmm. name. Uh, but so Detective Arya has her first lead. Well, like, did, did Spencer like sit Arya down and like schoolhorn some some basic spycraft? That would have been a fascinating scene. Te- Spencer's like Arya's just like I got it, Spencer. Spencer's like, no, Arya, your technique is shit. I'm going to take you to the Hastings school. Uh, so meanwhile, outside in the Hastings backyard was the barn where it all began. Oh, do you, want, do you want to uh, do a little PLL theater here? Oh, I like where this is going. Do you have the dialogue? I'm just full. I, I have it all. Do you have it all? Uh, not all, I don't think. All right, I'll only send it to you. Some of my own comments are in here, but you can just pass those by. We plan so well for this podcast. Mm-hmm. This is good radio right here. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, so Spencer is walking out to the barn on the De Laurentiis property. We see Melissa's just leaving the barn with a plastic bag in her hands. Who do you want to be? You tell me. I want to be Spencer. Of course you do. Okay. Hey, when did you get back? Last night. Where's Dad? My apartment. I thought I'd give him some space and come here and maybe talk some sense into Mom. Oh, I like you, Melissa. Uh, uh, is he okay? He's all right for the moment. So there's some stage direction here. <laughs> Spencer's kind of looking down. Her eyes are darting around. Uh, Melissa's kind of watching her and frowns. Well, look, so I had to say real quick. So Melissa says Peter's at her apartment. But, like, did Peter walk in and be like, oh, that's right. I still pay for this apartment. Hit the bricks, kid. <laughs> also, I'm picturing a spinoff of this show that's basically The Apartment, the Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder, ah, Wilder film, but with Peter Hastings as Fred McMurray. Also, sure. sorry, one last note. Melissa's necklace. Didn't we see like Arya and or Ashley wearing that at one point? Uh, let me catch up and take a look here. Uh, Maybe. It's pretty generic. I mean, it's just like a gold chain with like a gold bar. Um, so Melissa says, have you been in the barn lately? No, no one has. Not since my mom fired my sober buddy. Why? Well, he may have been sober, but he was a lousy housekeeper. He left food out. Oh. Dad wants to sell the house? Maybe they should. The house, Melissa. This is our home. Um, but yeah, like you said, Spencer, or Melissa can tell Spencer needs some commiserating. She's like lifting up this bag she's holding. And she's like, let me throw this away and then we can talk. No, if you let the mess, I should clean it up. He was here for me. And Spencer's like reaching for the bag. Melissa tries to pull it away. No, it's okay. Just let me do something, okay? Please. She yanks the bag away. Spencer. What is in here? Spencer opens up the bag and then she's like, nah, oh my God. She drops the bag. There is a dead rat caught in a mousetrap in that bag. I told you he left food out. And Melissa picks up the trap and she drops it in the trash. I have to go wash my hands now. Couldn't you totally see Melissa just eating a live rat? Like oh, on V, yeah. like at any moment? Yeah. Um Like there's she, there's something so cat like about Tori DeVito. Oh yeah, she's one of yeah, this is a this is a bad season for Ratio. Like somebody is pied pipering these roads. Well, I like the, the 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 great shot where like we see Melissa open up the trash can and then in the foreground we see her holding up this dead rat on a mousetrap. Yeah. Like we're just like close up with a rat and she drops it. 
and then moves her hands away, and then there's Spencer watching, like, in horror, right in the behind her. Well, like, Spencer, like, she's, like, catching her breath, slash, like, hyperventilating. Spencer does not have good encounters of animals, usually. <laughs> well, it's, like, such a classic uh, Melissa encounter, where it's like, what is in the bag? I got the notes in the bag. Oh, shit. Why did I look? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I know that Spencer's, like, an equestrian, but, like, she does not have good encounters of animals. Um, yeah. Well, hey, you know, dead rat. Did Melissa put that rat in Paige's uh, locker? Or is this why Spencer and Andrew found rodent side earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the half, I have to go wash my hands now. It's probably not like Tori DeVito's like bitchiest delivery, but it's on <laughs> point. Uh, so that's the commercial. We're in Hannah's kitchen. Hannah is stomping around back and forth. Caleb comes in at the back door of some grocery. Hannah demands to know where he's been. He says that he got her SOS text when he was at the store. So what's wrong? What's going on? Oh, uh, goes- Hannah sent him an SOS text. I feel like that's cheating. Like well, all the liars. I feel like Hannah has always, like, basically made him the fifth Beatle along with whatever Arya's doing of Ezra. Mm. Um, so he sets the bag down the island counter, and Hannah's just like, what did you say to Allison? Meanwhile, Han- uh, Caleb's groceries consist of a six-pack of beer. I feel like by now, it's like, Hannah, haven't you learned anything? You can't tell Caleb shit. He's going to run out and do something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like most of the significant others when they actually know something. Uh mm-hmm. He's drinking Heisler, which is a fictional beer created just to appear in TV shows. This beer looks like like the yes. cheapest horse piss you could find. Yeah, yeah. This stuff looks awful. It looks like something that's like Australian for fuck you, I'm not going to drink that. Well, you know, you can tell this beer is terrible. The bottle is clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's uh, he's got his six-pack there, and Hannah wants to know what he said to Allison. He's like, what? And Hannah's like, she just left me a message. Pissed. What did you say to her? Were you trying to catch her in a lie? Caleb's like, I don't need to catch her, okay? I'm way ahead of her. What are you, high? <laughs> he opens his beer, and he's like, besides, who cares if Allison's pissed? You're trying to dump her anyway, right? And I kind of wonder, like, is, is there supposed to be, like, a Caleb is actually high subplot that they're just, like, inferring? I mean, I just think for him really to be dumb. like, like I can see for miles, Hannah. But um, and Hannah's just like, yeah, I don't need you to do this for me. What Word. is that? And he's like, it's a beer. And she's like, what are we celebrating? He's like, my freedom. I walked out of that stupid test. Oh, good for you, Caleb. <laughs> uh, Hannah says, Caleb, why would you do that? And he's like, because algebra and civics, they don't mean a damn thing in the real world, Hannah. They kind of do, Caleb, you fucking dunce. Uh, uh, something, something, something actual bad guys mm-hmm. um and has just like wow you are making some great life decisions right now and he's like yeah well it's called a decision and you're just mad at me because i can make them and you can't and she's like how is this for a decision get the you, fuck out you need to leave now i have a dinner going so pissy caleb is pissy he leaves the beer he opened and takes the rest of the six pack with him uh, and he's just like, enjoy the power. See, now, if Caleb was a baller, he would have, like, downed the whole beer right there. <laughs> we would just gotten, like, a 20-second shot where Caleb just drinks it all in one take. <laughs> I just want to say, do you remember the end of that Party Down episode? Yes. <laughs> Call an ambulance. <laughs> Call all the ambulances. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he leaves. Hannah just kind of stares longingly. Oh, he's like, enjoy the pot roast. Uh, so, yeah, meanwhile. Fuck off, Caleb. Ezra's place. Ezra is packing up his creepo spy gear. It's a knock <laughs> on the door. He goes to open it. It's Spencer. And he's just like, Spencer. And well, they both like, like suck in their breath as they see each other. He's like, Spencer. And she's like, you ready? And he's like, sure. Spencer is wearing just like, like very casual, like sweats. Like, you know, I think like black sweats, uh, burgundy hoodie and like a white shirt. 
because she's going to do all of the like physical labor here. Oh, it's because Ezra's such a dandy that uh, he needs a, a tough girl like Spencer to do his day laboring. Yeah, he's recovering from his gunshot wound, which sure might have been a week and a half ago. It might have been six months ago. Mm. Um, also, I like this scene because it's like. I feel like the writers realized that Ezra and Spencer should fucking hate each other because last season did not end well for the two of them. But it's like they don't want to be mired in that. Well, I don't know if it's that so much because what happens next is Spencer walks in and she gets a look at all the fucking soccer gear that's here, like cameras and tripods and all these boxes. And all the research, too. Yeah, all these boxes of files. And Spencer's like, wow. And it's just like, wow, what? Because, of course, Ezra sees nothing weird about this. Well, because he's already, you know, like, brainwashed Arya. There's no crime here. Yeah. Not the way I see it. Uh, <laughs> Spencer's like, nothing. I just, wow. I forgot how enthusiastic you were about watching things. LOL. Which, I really like their, they have, like, the weird chemistry between the two of them. But I, I think it works really well. And I think Spencer has, like, a different kind of power over Ezra now than Arya does. Yeah. Yeah, but again... Spencer Hastings has chemistry of everybody. True, true. I mean, like, you could have pitched to me that Dean was going to stay on the show regularly. And I would have been like, hey, he gets along with Spencer, whatever. I I don't know. I feel like Spencer, Ezra's a utility, so she's going to use him. And she knows that Arya's, like, kind of cool with him again. So I don't feel like she'd be, like, really pissed at him. Like, I just don't feel like she's that type of person. Well, I think. He's not threatening in the same way somebody like Ian was. Well, especially now that she knows all the, the secrets. But also, yeah. she's, a, she's a pragmatist. If he's got any kind of in of Eddie Lamb, she wants to utilize that. The only character in the show that I feel like has never been redeemed by an re, uh, interaction with Spencer Hastings is probably Lucas. I don't know if they've ever actually... Well, they don't really interact. Yeah. Spencer doesn't have time for that loser. But I mean, like even Holden was briefly like ordained into the show through his interaction with Spencer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? um, taking it back to season two, y'all. Um... So yeah, it's kind of funny how Spencer's the one who basically like you know torpedo Ezra's whole game, but uh, he'd still be spying and working on his bullshit book if it weren't for her, I think. But he needs to change the subject, so he's just like, "Hey, have you heard from Arya?" And she's just like, "Yeah, I just talked to her." And he says that they should have waited; that he could have talked to Eddie Lamb himself once the police had finished with him. And Spencer's like, "Look, in my experience of Eddie Lamb, he's much less likely to talk to you after the police leave." I feel like Ezra should be like, "Well, in my experience, he came to me, not you." Which, you know, so Ezra says, you know, Eddie Lamb obviously wants them to know something, hence leaving the picture on his doorstep. But that would imply... That's a subtle way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, that would imply that Eddie Lamb knows the connection between Spencer and Ezra, which is Arya, and how Ezra and Arya are connected, which is... Not necessarily. Okay. Um, but Spencer says, yeah, Eddie Lamb's a good guy, but he's also really big on self-preservation. So Ezra looks a little bit worried. Spencer says Arya will be fine. Also, she adds in, Arya told her not to let Ezra do any heavy lifting. <laughs> well, it's like Spencer's like the mature adult reassuring this child that uh, everything's going to be okay and don't worry, she'll do the heavy lifting. Like she's going to like pack up all these boxes on one arm while she like holds his hand the mm-hmm. whole too. So he, you know, gets really nervous like, oh, did, did you park downstairs? And she's like, no, around the corner. And he's just like, oh, good. Like, Spencer's thank like, you. I'm a pro at this. Thank you for your approval. Um, mm-hmm. well, she's like, I hope your friendship has a lot of room. This is a little bit more than Arya let on. So he picks up one of his spy cams and like fondles it. And then she's like, well, actually, the wheels start turning in Spencer's brain when she sees that surveillance camera. Yeah. She's just like, actually, would you let me borrow one of those cameras? And 
he looks very surprised by this. Mm. Um, Spencer's like, there's just somebody that I want to keep an eye on. Yeah. And Ezra kind of ponders this, and it's it's like he's thinking, oh, this is so wrong. Like, yes, I'm in. So, so I have two things here. What else is he going to say? If you spend a year or more spying on a teenage girl, yeah. and you're not in jail because of it, I suspect you need to say yes when she asks to borrow said spy. Oh, yeah, he can't say no. Also, Spencer maybe, could be like, by the way, can I have $100 out of your wallet? Thank yeah, you. For the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, maybe after whatever Spencer's got going on is, you know, accomplished, maybe Ezra Spencer can go down and get some beer and some pie at the Heart Huntsman and just, you know, hash out stalking techniques. <laughs> uh, Spencer looks a little bit uncomfortable being Ezra's place, which is, you know, fair because every surface is probably covered in bad moral judgments and but, semen. Well, she's just, because Ezra's like, oh yeah, no problem, you can, you can take my spy camera and She's just kind of nodding casually, like, oh, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casablanca, too, y'all. Um, so outside the Kavanaugh house, we cut to uh, you know, the harsh light of the day. We see the fucked up facade of Toby and Jenna's house. Yeah, there's uh, construction workers out there. It's fenced off. Uh, it's obviously being worked on. Yeah. And standing across the street enjoying this view, that's one Mona Vanderall. Mona's just kind of just watching the view. And, yeah. you know, a little moment of. Mona time for herself and we see Emily walk around the sidewalk behind her and like sees Mona it's like oh what the fuck is this and walks over to her and Emily's like you're a little out of your neighborhood and Mona says sometimes I just like to walk Hmm. and she sighs and she says pretty awful isn't it how things change so quickly in this town somebody's your girlfriend then they're not one day there's a house and the next day it's gone poof Emily is so not amused by this. She ought to be like in love with Mona. Seriously. Emily says, if you were one of your goon squad, played that trick on Paige. And Mona just cuts her off. She's like, you can call me a lot of names, but don't call me an amateur. A dead rat. Really? Give my love to Allison. (laughs) And she means it. Yeah. And Mona just takes like one last, like kind of just like, just like a sigh, like, ah, destruction, you know, and she smiles and walks off. Well, it's a good thing that Emily is so close to her house because I think she just peed herself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Emily's like so frustrated at how thoroughly Mona just won that conversation. This is two twice in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got the Spencer watching Ezra. He's closing up, I guess, his friend's shed, where, whoever the hell that is, wherever the hell they are, where he's just unloaded all of his creepiness. And he's gloating to her how it all fit in there, just like he said it would. <laughs> Oh, he's such a douche. But I feel like he's like, like, because we're, as we'll find out in a bit, you know, he's, he's basically just some like rich douche, which like Spencer knows how to deal with those people. Those are her people. Yeah. You know, like she, she totally knows how to, to handle people like Ezra. Same way she handles like, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, she's kind of just, she's a little wound up right now. And so she finally says, thank you for showing up on that roof. In New York. Yeah, and Ezra says, it's turning into my greatest hit. He's a little too glib about it. Yeah, and Spencer's like, oh, it's pretty impressive, which, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Ezra says, all those boxes, all those words, and it wasn't even the book I wanted to write. But he, like, he does this thing where he he kind of, like, caresses the lock and the handle mm-hmm. as if he realized it's, like, it's time for, like, an actorly sensitive pedo monologue. Yeah, and Spencer says, what did you want to write about? And, like, he pauses to consider as though he wasn't hoping she'd ask him. Yeah. 
He says, my family, my brother and me. And he walks over to her and he's like getting like almost in like her personal space. Like you, you kind of wonder where the scene's going because he gets really close to her. And he says, what happened when my parents divorced and my mother and father changed from who we thought they were to who they really are? And I was going to figure it all out on paper, but I couldn't. And it's like, holy shit, that would be the most boring book ever. Well, see, I, I disagree with you. I don't think this is off the cuff. I think Ezra was planning on taking it here. Um, so well, no, no, no. I, I think he's planning on taking it here, but he was like, the way he responds to her and she's like, what did you want to write about? It's like, he's like, oh, let me think about that. Hmm. You know? Oh, I think, I think to me, it, granted, you heard the last episode if you're listening to this, so you saw how I took his scene of Tanner. I think this is an extension of that. I think Ezra knows enough about Spencer that this is the angle he's trying to play. The parents divorcing? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, that would be the most boring book ever. Like, oh, a bunch of rich white people are having, like, lame family drama. Well, I don't I don't want to crush anyone's illusions, but I don't think that Ezra is like David Foster Wallace. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't I don't think this is David Sedaris. Uh, <laughs> this isn't John from Friends in here. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really put Sedaris in the category of those other two, but sure. But I mean, like a memoirist. Mm-hmm. Writes about family. Uh, so Spencer's like, yeah, well, family's going to be hard. And there's like, so I went for a mystery that I thought I could solve. And not only did I not solve it, I uh, I probably made it worse. I'd say probably. definitely made it worse. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I was just like, I know the feeling. The camera's my sister. She's connected to all this. I just have to figure out how. And he says, maybe we should put down the puzzles and walk away. And it's like, fuck off with your Wii, Ezra. This is not your game to play. Yeah. And Spencer says, yeah, well, when you figure out how to do that, you give me a call, okay? And he's like, you'll be the first one. Like, not Arya? Mm. Well, no, but I think what she's saying is that, like, your Jedi mind shit mm-hmm. like, doesn't work <laughs> on me. Well, Ezra's basically like, I have no intention to give up my stalking ways. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. Well, in my stalking and manipulative ways. like, But, like, I think he's trying to basically work his spell on her, and they're not on the same level. And Spencer's just kind of acknowledging that for him. Yeah. But um, I mean, these, these scenes are fun. Like, Spencer is good with Ian Harding. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as she doesn't lose at the core that slightly antagonistical mm-hmm. vibe, or just like a, a, a rivalry between them. Well, she's never totally taken Fitz seriously anyway, so. Yeah. Well, I like that she started the show off basically a cat calling him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the point where Ellen thought that Spencer and Ezra were having an affair. Mm hmm. <laughs> Which would have been a, a whole other kind of show. Yeah, I mean, that would have been. Can you imagine if Arya had been dating, like, the tennis ball boy? And then the... Oh, the weird, Arya can't. Arya couldn't date a ball boy. That's and then the horrible. weird, like, Boo Radley guy in town. Um, mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, Radley, like, night has descended. Arya's, like, cleaning up a table. She goes to put some, like, cleaning fluids away. And we see, uh, like, Rhonda's, like moving towards her silently like big ronda like touches Arya's hair Arya gasps turns around ronda's just like very quiet very ominous Arya looks nervous and she asks ronda what she's doing here ronda tells her that sketch doesn't belong to her and Arya must have ripped out of her book and where is it Arya tries to feign ignorance ronda i I don't yeah and ronda's like she gave it to me not you oh and ronda is holding like a sketchbook under her arm you can't really see it okay and Arya's just like who gave that to you? Bethany? And Rhonda says, you know what they do to thieves? They cut off their hands. What are you going to do, little girl, when you have no hands? 
What you gonna do, little girl, when you got no hands? And thus, all my fanfiction begins. Would you picture Arya of hooks for hands? Or whatever. Maybe just stumps. So, in your mind, uh, even though you've kind of uh, elongated it and uh, exaggerated a little bit, I'm weird for not really wanting to associate with rodents or spiders. Just say you're afraid of spiders. You're afraid of spiders and rats. But you'd like to really just like fetishize a girl with no hands. See, what this all stems from, this is a... An argument me and Mark have been having for at least 15 years. I once said that a girl who was missing a hand, it wouldn't be any sort of deal breaker. And you took that to mean I'm totally into girls with stumps. You then uh, you then went pretty far with it. Also, you photoshopped a picture of yourself with no hand. That was unrelated. <laughs> it all stems out, though, uh, peeking behind the curtain. From a script we wrote, and we debated whether or not to cut off a character's hand. Halfway you were you were adamant that I could not cut off the main character's hand. Well, you were like, I would, no. I would I would go back and I would say right now, for a script that takes place over the course of several days, like there's a lot of rehabilitation issues there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not like waking up from the from the the operation and being like, oh, I have no hand. Rip out these IVs. I have to get to Act Three. I mean, you just bandage it up. Haven't you ever seen Star Wars? He had like a fucking droid, like giving him a new hand. Hmm. Haven't you ever seen Game of Thrones? Boom! I won. Anyway, what are we talking about? I'm just, I'm just marveling at your Caleb-like logic. Um, so (laughs) Arya is like silent. I'm not drinking like piss beer here. Uh, so Arya like walks over to back because she's been beaten. She pulls out the uh, Mrs. D and the Demon sketch and hands it to Rhonda. And Arya asks Rhonda like, "Why does she think that Bethany gave that to her?" And Rhonda's just like, "What are you trying to say? You think I'm a thief? You're the thief." So Arya's just like, "No." That's just then Eddie Lamb runs in to break it up. Says, "Hey, what's going on here? What do you think Arya stole from you?" And Arya just says nothing. And Rhonda's staring her down. And Eddie's like, "Rhonda, I asked you a question." And Rhonda's like, "I need to take my shower now." And she leaves, and Arya's, like, super freaked out. Eddie, like, ushers Rhonda away, and Rhonda's kind of, like, elbowing him as she goes. But then as soon as they're gone, Arya just, like, rolls her eyes. Yeah. And then she gets out her phone and texts Emily, and she writes Emily, Be late for dinner. Radley just got interesting. <laughs> it's that send button. Um, Man, like, having Spencer there must have been, like, a fucking vacation for Eddie Lamb, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, but, like, he really, he's, like, he's hassling Rhonda because he's trying to cover his own ass, of course. But, so, after the commercial... Uh, well, so, ha- I mean, do we think Eddie ripped the the page out of uh, Rhonda's sketchbook here, I guess? I would assume. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's why he's not really, like, he's, he's like, he's not even, like, entertaining the notion that maybe Arya took something from her. Right. He's trying to, like, I think he's trying to... Just get them away from each other. Like, yeah, he's trying, he's trying to get them away, but he's also trying to ascertain, like, what did Rhonda actually see, or what does she know of the, this quote-unquote crime? Yeah. Um, so, Hannah's kitchen. Hannah sets the empty beer down on the counter. She starts, like, digging through the trash. She's she's drinking that that whole beer. Yeah, she's the one that Caleb left. Yeah, presumably hoping to, like, dump the bottle at the bottom of the trash can. Emily lets herself in to Hannah's house behind her, because, like we said last week, Emily doesn't believe in doors or knocking or privacy or any of that anymore. Yeah, so she walks right in, and Hannah kind of turns around at the start, and Emily's like, I got your text. Cramps? Really? 
Oh well. And Hannah's like, sneak up much? Well, it's it's funny because Hannah just killed that beer, which you could say is medicinal for her cramps. Calling all the way back to season one, episode two. Sure. Um Emily like slumps down in like the, the the stool there and she says that Arya's like stuck at Radley and Spencer bailed on her. And it can't just be Allison and Pam and her. And then she notices the empty beer bottle and Emily's like, when did your mom start drinking beer? And Hannah's like, she washes her hair with it. Nice. Which nice what? what? What does that even mean? And Hannah says, look, I kind of have a headache. And Emily says, okay, you can have your headache in two weeks to go with your cramps. And just like some major like eyebrows from Emily. Because, of course, Emily would know Hannah's cycles. Mm-hmm. They're probably all in sync. Well, yeah, you'd think they'd all be in sync as uh, far as men know about these things. But, uh, Two weeks from now could be a whole season away, Emily. Come on. Yeah. And Hannah's like, I, I don't, I don't know. And Hannah says, or Emily says, Hannah, my mom is making popovers. You know what that means? Is this a joke? What the fuck is a popover? I, what does that mean? I'm so confused. What the fuck is a popover? I really don't know. I mean, it sounds like. Is it good? It sounds like it could be good. It sounds like an hors d'oeuvre. Is it fried? I think it's probably baked. Do you pop over to eat it? Is that why it's called pop over? Is I it feel like, like a... it's probably just like a pig in a blanket. Is it like a pot pie? I don't know. But apparently that means it's serious business. Yeah. And Hannah's like, look, I've hit my alley limit for one day. Every minute with her just sucks so much energy out of you. And Emily says, yeah, well, she's really nervous about all this. I mean, the cop's been breathing down her neck. And Hannah says, it's not the cops, Em. It's your mom. Maybe she could use some practice getting her story straight. We all could. And Emily's like, yeah, that's why I need to be there. Lawyered. And it's like, um, what's going on with you two? And Emily's like, I don't know. It's and like Hannah just kind of like glares and like head tilts at her. And Hannah's been picking up on those Emerson vibes. Yeah, Emily's just like, Hallie's just been really needy. Hannah sighs. She's like, fine, I'll get some shoes. And Hannah kind of gives or Emily gives Hannah the once over, and she's like, uh, maybe brush her hair. Ten minutes, my house. Thanks. She leaves and Hannah's just like has this like kind of like, wow, I'm getting shit from all sides look on her face. And she yeah. hides a beer bottle in the recycling bin. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Radley, Arya is being all stealthy. Which, Undercover Arya. Just imagine this this part of the PLL video game. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, sneaking into Arya has to like sneak up on somebody and like snap their neck um, or get like on a step stool and then snap their neck. Um, so she's in a hallway near the bathroom. So she watches some nurses walk past and she watches as Rhonda like walks out of her room. Rhonda's got like the shower cap on, the bathrobe, the slippers, uh, presumably heading to the showers. The yeah, we see her walk through a door that says girls showers. So Arya then sneaks into Rhonda's room. The door's still open. She starts going through some drawers looking for that sketchbook. Uh, looking through her dresser, through her desk. Yeah. Um, then from the bathroom area, she can hear Rhonda yelling. Rhonda's yelling about someone taking her shower stall. Who told her to do that? Everyone around here is taking Rhonda's stuff. And Arya's just like, yeah, Arya's like, shit. And she acting fast. She dives under Rhonda's bed. Um, this is basically like the same, same looking room as that at rally that Mona and Spencer had. Yeah. Yeah. And she just ducks right under the bed there. And then moments later, Rhonda comes in kind of pissy. She sits down on the bed and we see like, from underneath the mattress sinks but Arya is so tiny she still fits Rhonda like angrily throws her towel and lies down but there's still enough room for little Arya under there because it sinks a little bit more yeah yeah Arya she looks up and up above like at the top of the bed there we see the sketchbook has been wedged uh underneath the mattress like between the the springs and the mattress so hey it's right there if only Rhonda wasn't in the bed right now 
I would love to then just like cut back to Arya later in this episode to show her like still there waiting, you know. Yeah, Arya's cool as a cucumber. How does, how that long does she have to wait for Rhonda to get up? That would have been great if you didn't see Arya again to like the next episode. <laughs> She's there the whole time. I feel <laughs> like, like Arya could do it. I mean, she'd bitch and moan about it afterwards, but I think she could do it. She'd go write a short story about it. Um, yeah, like just all night Arya's there. <laughs> so on the field's porch. Pam and Allison are having a nice little laugh. Emily's sitting there looking as uncomfortable as possible. Pam is telling the most boring story ever. I know that Mrs. Horowitz means well. <laughs> oh, but I shouldn't say anything. And um, Allie's like, oh laugh. no, seriously, please laugh. I need as much laughter as I can get. Um, Not only does Allison look lovely, but she looks like that kind of like goddamn charming that Pam would probably really eat up. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're out on the like the porch patio area. They've wheeled out like a little mini bar, a little drink cart. Yeah, yeah, with like uh, some some young and adult beverages on it. Well, there's like a bunch of sodas. Pam didn't move the booze either. Yeah, there's like a bottle of vodka and maybe like some like whiskey rum there too. Which I don't think Pam drinks that. Maybe I, so everything is going to happen with Pam from here on out. I feel like this is all calculated. I don't I do not think it's an accident that there's vodka on this cart. Hey, that Pam was a planner. And she works for the cops. You think she still works for the cops? Oh, she no, she worked for the cops. OK, I was like, I was just saying like, she she knows a little bit about uh, getting people to talk. They recruited her to come back undercover. Yeah. So, uh, and Pam says, hey, Hannah, because Hannah walks up. Hannah looks so thrilled to be there. Yeah. Hannah says, hey, Mrs. Field, sorry I'm late. And Pam's like, oh, no worries. We we're just getting ready to bring things to the table. Do you want something to drink? And there's that whole mini bar there. And Hannah's like, oh, water's fine. And Pam's like, oh, there you go. And she just points at the pitcher of water. Like, boss, boss over there. there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Pam. We both have that Lebowski reference on How deck. can you not make that reference? <laughs> Pam's just like, boss over there. Uh. Who the fuck is this guy, man? It's Knox Harrington, the video artist. Pam says, oh, Emmy, you want to give me hands? Emily's like, sure. They go inside. Allie and Hannah are kind of hanging back as Hannah makes herself a drink. And Allie's like, hey, did you talk to Caleb? And Hannah says, he's not going to make any trouble. And Allie says, a boy like that can make trouble without even trying. That new kid? I heard he's sketchy. And Hannah says, well, I trust him. And Allie's like, I don't. Now would be a really bad time to make a mistake. And Hannah's like, Caleb's not a mistake. He's the most unmistake thing in my life. Except for his drinking. She's like, oh, that used to be true, Hannah. Now he's hashtag haunted. Yeah. <laughs> and Allie says, you have to keep a clear head, Hannah. It's hard to do that when you're kissing somebody. Don't believe me? Just ask Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and Hannah says, so what do you want me to do? And keep it simple because you know I'm not very smart. Like, these two are just, it's like they can't help coming to blows with each other. Like, Allie's... Not exactly playing it nice here. Well, and it's like, Allison's got to be a little bit confused because in her mind, she's got to be thinking to herself, like, when the fuck did Hefty Hannah turn into Spencer? Yeah. And Allie says, I'm just saying, he came back to, to town. You're still in a relationship. Maybe you should just cool it for a little bit. Make sure that you're doing the right thing for everybody. And it's like, are you telling me not to see Caleb? Well, you know, it, it's, it's selfish where she's coming from, but it's also not terrible advice for Hannah. Yeah, especially because Caleb's kind of like a huge douche right now. And obviously, I mean, unless you're blind, unless you're Jenna, mm -hmm. and I'm sure even Jenna can see that Hannah's going through a bit of a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, Hannah's like, are you telling me not to see Caleb? And Allie doesn't even answer. And then inside, we hear Pam say, who wants a popover? 
And Allie like leans in. She's like, oh, save one for me. And you tell Hannah, like, she just can't even stomach Allie's kind of like phony frivolity here. Well, she rolls her, Hannah rolls her eyes so hard she can see her own brain. Yeah, like, for, for whatever reason, Hannah witnessing Allie like play her games and lie, like, is just disgusting Hannah so much. Mm. Allie heads in with one last like glare at Hannah. And then a big sigh from uh, Miss Marin here. She's like, nah, fuck it. She grabs that bottle of vodka from the minibar and kind of looks around. No one's watching. Yeah, this fancy dinner party is going to call for something a little harder in H2O. See, so, I, I, I kind of feel like Pam wanted this to happen. I'm just saying, why else would the vodka like still be there? Pam, Pam's a conservative lady. She would have like put it up in the cupboard normally. Uh, I think she's just not thinking. Or maybe she was trying to get Allie and uh, Emily liquored up. Just see what happens. You think? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you really want to no. see that scenario? Because <laughs> it's kind of filthy. It's kind of amazing. Um, so meanwhile, Radley, Arya is like hurriedly rushing out to her car. She's being followed by Eddie Lamb. Which this totally looks his... like the school set, like redressed, because there's like picnic tables there and stuff. Yeah. She's being like followed by Eddie Lamb. like changed out of his orderly uniform. And he calls out, long day? And Arya's like, yeah, actually, well, I'm really late to a friend's house. She, like, house. spins around, like, nah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm really late to a friend's house, so. And he points out that volunteers don't usually stay this late, and you must really love them crazies then, girl. Yeah, Riley um, can be a little overwhelming. And he's like, he's smiling, but, like, he's playing her. Yeah. He's just like, I want to see how you react to this. Yeah. And Arya's like, well, it's only my first day. I'll catch on. And he smiles, and then he looks down, and we see in Arya's, like, big-ass purse, that sketchbook of uh, Bethany Young's is in there. And Whoa. then Arya kind of, like, realizes he sees this and switches the purse to her other hand so he can't. But the book is too big, even for her giant bag. Yeah. And then he's just like, what are you looking for? And Arya's like, um, I'm sorry. It's like, I have to go. And she, like, hurriedly gets in her car and starts it. And as she's driving off, Eddie just pulls out his cell phone and speed dials someone. And I, like, oh man, he has like such a cool effect. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to to put my finger on what it is. Like, he plays things very kind of like he 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 doesn't come off as like dangerous, but he's like not no. stupid. He's like he's an operator in his own subtle way. You know? Yeah, yeah. The scene is creepy, but not in the usual ways for this town. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like Arya's physically threatened at all. Well, it's 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 more of like a Holbrook and Tanner vibe. We're like, yeah. this guy isn't dumb. He yeah. knows there's something weird about Arya. Well, <laughs> first of all, because <laughs> most of it's worn on her sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just but, love the way he asks her. He's like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Uh, and yeah, so as Arya's driving away, he just pulls out his phone and uh, it's, somebody answers on the other end and he says, is this Ezra Fitz? What? Hmm. But Intrigue. Yeah, this actor, Reggie Austin, who plays Eddie Lamb, um, he's been on quite a few things, uh, including Devious Maids. Mm -hmm. But he needs to be in more, like, with, you know, room to still appear in PLL. But, yeah, yeah. like, if I were, like, just throwing together, like, an ensemble, I, like, like Lost style, you know, where it's just actors that I like, and then I create a role for them that somehow fit my story. Totally. I would go for Reggie Austin, yeah. This guy's awesome. I don't know why this guy isn't in more. He just has, like, a an interesting kind of like intelligent subtlety about him yeah yeah i like the, i like this guy well, and he's i looked at he's 35 
But I feel like he's that he's at that right kind of like look and age where he could play much older or much younger. Yeah, yeah, really. You know, uh, there's something just like very watchable about him. He's very compelling. Um, so because of the Fields family dining room where Pam and Allison are at the heads of the table and Emily and Hannah are sitting across from each other. Uh, Pam has explained that they got a good deal oh on my the God. windows. One more since, boring story. <laughs> yeah. Since this is the second set of windows they bought this year, um, the salesman called it a bad luck discount, which everybody falls asleep. Explains a lot, considering that their windows just got blown in after ta- Toby's house exploded the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that front room of theirs is cursed. So Allison's just like, oh, I could use one of those. And then he's like, I think we all could. Hannah is drinking some clear liquid. We're going to guess that is not water. Yeah. Uh, and Hannah says, if you ask me, I think people make their own luck. And Pam's like, hmm, sometimes things happen that aren't anybody's fault. And says, yeah, like, I don't know, say a meteor falls and hits your car, but the walking around stuff, that's usually somebody else's fault. Right, Allie? <laughs> and there's just, like, so much shade, like, and, like, so, some hand acting from Hannah, too. Like, drunk Hannah is a firecracker. Oh, she's hammered and awesome. Yeah, and Emily's like, uh, I think what Hannah means is, and then, like, the most awesome line Hannah's ever delivered, she says, no, Hannah knows what Hannah means. Fuck. As yeah. she's, like, waving her glass of vodka around. Well, so recently, the showrunners were, like, shopping around their ideas for, like, Christmas charity t-shirts. Oh, yeah. They're not terrible shirts. Some of them they had there. But, like, Hannah knows what Hannah means in, like, big letters on a white t-shirt. <laughs> it would sell like crazy. I just love the way she's got, like, the glass raised in her hand as she says it. Like, it's, it's just an epic moment. It's still not dinner of Maya bad. No, this is fun. Yeah, this is, this is a lot Hannah of fun. knows what Hannah means. And... It just gets quiet, and Pam's kind of shooting Emily a look there, and Allie's like, maybe you're right, Han. Maybe we do set ourselves up for bad things. We don't mean to, but we do. And it's like, is she talking about herself or, or Hannah right now? You know? I mean, there's like there's like a double meaning here. She's talking. And then Allie says, I mean, what happened to me? And Hannah's just like watching Allie with scorn, like drinking her vodka. And Allie says, there were times in the dark where I would just sit and think, what did I what did I do to anyone that was so bad to deserve this? So Allison is not gonna let Hannah ruin her performance tonight. The only problem with this scene is that Allison stays in character so hard to Pam that like compared to what, what Hannah's doing I mean like <laughs> like, like what Ashley Benson's doing, it almost seems like this ridiculous parody. Well I think the problem is that um I think Allie is thrown by hannah in a way she doesn't realize and that she's like just submitting this bravura performance and it's like i think she's a little more focused on hannah right now than she should be on pam because she she should take it down a notch because i think pam went into this dinner with suspicions in mind and ali is overdoing it right now and she doesn't realize it because i think she's she's like she keeps looking over at hannah and like trying to like you know raise her performance to hannah like a level that hannah could appreciate well, I think at the same time, though, she's trying not to be thrown by Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Like, which, I mean, like, if anyone just looked over at Emily, the whole, the whole, you know, plan goes bust. Yeah, and Pam's like, oh, you can't blame yourself for what happened. And Allie says, well, sure, in the light and clean clothes and a hot plate of food, that makes sense. But when you're by yourself, you don't even know what day it is. The only one around to blame is yourself. I did. I was so ashamed of what had happened to me. And it's like she's just playing to the hilt, and Pam's just like, "Don't say that." Well, so Hannah's like pounding more vodka. Emily's like sipping her lemonade as an excuse to stare daggers at Hannah, mm-hmm. and then 
Well, it's basically if eye rolling was a real exercise, then Emily's dining room would be Hannah's fucking gym right now. Um, well, meanwhile, Pam, like, she, Pam is a little too observant right now. Like, Pam is not engrossed in this story. She is coldly, calculatingly watching this story, you know? Well, maybe. I, I think someone could look at this and just think that, that Pam is buying it. Because Allison is doing I, I remember best. even when I watched this, I was like, oh, I feel like you're going a little over the top here, Allie. I think I think it's Pam is definitely uh, front row for Meryl Streep's performance here. Yeah. Well, Allie's just like uh, I was ashamed, and that's why I asked Emily and Hannah and the others to not tell anyone when I came back, and they didn't, and that must have been so hard for them. And it's like that's another like she didn't need to say that she's like explaining herself to a question she hadn't been asked. And yet she's know? looking at Pam is looking at her daughter like she's a fucking hero. Yeah, and Pam says you have some very special friends, Allison. And Allie's like, I know. And she reaches over and takes Emily's hand. And Hannah says, you're the special one, Allie. There is no one in the entire world like you. Cheers. Well, this is when Allison's like facade drops. And she gives Hannah this nasty look. Yeah. Well, Pam is like, she smiles, but she's smiling very thinly. Yeah. You know? mm. uh, Hannah drinks some more vodka. And then Hannah starts coughing. And Pam's like, oh, are you all right? And Hannah's like, yeah, I'm fine. And Emily, like, she suddenly gets it, like, staring at Hannah's glass there. And then Allie's like, oh, can I help you clear? And Pam's like, please. So Allie gets up, and Allie and uh, Pam walk into the, the kitchen area. Well, no, so first, Allison gets up. She gives one nasty glance to, to Hannah. Yeah, yeah. Then Allison looks over at Emily and gives her this, like, fix this look about <laughs> Hannah. And they, they head off in the kitchen. But the funny thing is, I was saying this, but like, you have to go, Jason did this exact same thing when he looked at Spencer. Oh, it's a they went, move. Yeah. Before they went to Mrs. D's funeral a few episodes back. Um, Yeah, so uh, they go into the kitchen, and Emily's just like, Hannah. Because uh, she, she grabs Emily's, or Hannah's, Emily grabs Hannah's glass and tastes it. And it's like, ugh. And Hannah's like, what? I had to have something to wash down all the bologna we had with dinner. She tries to take the glass back and only like yanks it away. Like, sorry, Hannah, no more drink for you. <laughs> and Hannah just like leans back and sighs. And Emily feels it's so scary when she's pissed. She's just like glaring daggers at Hannah right now. She's so disappointed. Well, on top of that, we still don't find out what the fuck a popover is. I feel like it's, uh, I think there's batter involved. Batter or dough. One of those mm. two. Mm. Probably dough. Uh, but I'll bet Spencer could tell us. Is there like cinnamon on it? I don't maybe, think so. No, I feel like it's paprika? more of a, a, a salty, cumin? a salty type of dish, like a salty treat. Yeah, we need oh. Spencer. Spencer can explain to us the difference between a uh, what was it, a crumpet and a biscuit or something. Also, she can make flan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's go to her now. But meanwhile, in Spencer's room, this is what Spencer, the smart one in a lot of ways, blew off dinner for. Spencer and Ari are on the bed together, looking at the sketchbook. Spencer says that she knows it was her idea, but Arya should not go back to Radley. And Arya says that she has to because maybe Ronda, uh, Ronda knows who Bethany's friends were or who visited her, and that would put them closer to exposing A. So Spencer is like flipping through the sketchbook. She finds the place where, Mrs., where the Mrs. D and the demon picture was torn out of the book. Yeah, she sees a like a torn like a page that's been mostly torn out. So she's like, "Hey, let me see the drawing," and fits that drawing back in there, and it's like, "Yep, this is the page it came from." So, Arya deduces that this was the last thing that Bethany drew, and she must have left Radley after this. So, Spencer says, it's like yeah. the last one in the, in the book before the blank pages again. Yeah, so she's like, yeah, but did she leave hours after? Weeks? Days? This is one, this is the scene we should have been acting out. Um, and Arya's just like... Yeah, there's too much direction, otherwise, otherwise we would. 
true. And Arya's like, and why did she end up at the Dementors' house? So the Spencer flips to the rest. She's like critiquing Bethany's artwork. It's just she says it's normal the kind of stuff you draw on art. The class. first stuff is like picture of a horse, picture of a tea kettle, you know. Uh, and then Arya says, "So how did it go with today with Ezra?" Spencer's like, "It's fine." And Arya says, "You didn't say anything, did you?" About and Spencer's like, "Arya, why would I slip in slip you into a conversation?" You guys have done enough slipping on your own. Sick burn. Oh, <laughs> uh, one of Bethany's pictures is of a blonde girl in a black bra looking at herself in the mirror. Only it's she more has of a, like a ninety than a bra, but sure. But she has no face. Yeah, I don't know if that's like artistic or like creepy. Creepy. Yeah, maybe um, both. So they keep like flipping through Bethany's sketches. There's one of a demon with spikes for a hand. There's a monster. Well, it's it's that kind of same design we saw in the other one. Like, almost uh, like, like, just sort of, kind like of, sort of. Lovecraftian like, creepy shit. Like, H.R. Geiger Lovecraftian yeah. eldritch horror. Uh, there's, like, one of a monster carrying someone away while another so, one, like, follows. It looks like the it's a little girl following, or, like, a teenage girl. Yeah, it's, it wasn't... it's the same weird, like, venom-looking, like, creepy monster. And the, the person being carried, could that be, like, a young boy? The hair doesn't look very long. I, I kind of thought that the one being carried away was an older woman. I guess that could be it, too. Yeah. Um, which then makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. If it's a young girl being carried away and, a, and an older woman is following her, that's one thing. But flip that around, it gets strange. Uh, then we see one that um, looks like a woman floating in a dreamlike fashion over a weird landscape. And Arya's like, wait, that looks like a Chagall, the woman flying like that. Arya's referring to Mark Chagall, a uh, 20th century expressionist who was... Once called the quintessential Jewish artist of the 20th century. Thank you, Wikipedia. Remember, uh, Arya's dad is an art history professor. Yeah. But Spencer senses that something is askew, so she like turns the picture on its side. And, and she's, she's like, she's not flying. And we see that this woman is actually plummeting yeah. face first, and the, the landscape she's above is actually like a building with bars on the windows. Vines, and yes. Yeah, Spencer's like, she's not flying, she's following. Look, look at the vines, look at the bars on the windows. And Arya's like, someone falling at Radley? Spencer's like, Toby's mother? Oh, shit. The return of everyone's favorite storyline. You're like, ah, fuck. We had to wrap around into that again. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would explain why they spent so much time on it, if it's relevant. Um, yeah. Arya's like, you think Bethany saw that? Spencer's like, well, saw it, heard about it. And Arya's like, wait, you think Bethany was the fragile patient that was on the roof with Toby's mother that night? I love the way these two, like, uh, talk together. They're, like, right out of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and Spencer's like, "Who else knew Bethany at Radley?" And then they turn to the next page, which is like an obvious drawing of Jessica De Laurentiis, only she has like devil horns. Yeah. Um, and then on the next page after that, there's another one where I believe this is supposed to be Jessica. Uh, only it says like liar, like the, the like the eyes are all xed out, and it says liar in capital letters like all over the page. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. This one's like in color too. Uh, and our, it's funny how like the drawings get better as you go but like also like far more terrifying yeah yeah and Arya says so bethany left radley and then she went looking for mrs de Laurentis. spencer says and found someone waiting her for her with a shovel Whoa. maybe that person was a Arya wonders and spencer's like well i'm gonna have to show this to toby <sighs> so Arya's like okay we'll take a picture i gotta get this back under the mattress before big Rhonda finds out it's missing she really, really doesn't like people touching her stuff. <laughs> Spencer's like, all right. So she starts, she pulls out her camera and starts t- taking pictures of every single page. Smart. The girls, are, they're finally learning. You know, they wouldn't have done this in season one. 
No, they wouldn't have put things back. Or oh, they wouldn't have taken the picture, you know? Well, didn't Spencer at one point say everything has to go on the phone? Yeah, I think it's like in season three, eventually. They're like, from now on, we take pictures of everything. Uh, so we got to Emily's house. Where Emily's going through Hannah's jacket. It's here that I noticed that Emily's wearing like a camouflage top. Uh, Hannah comes in and asks what Emily's doing. And Emily's like, taking your keys. You're leaving, but I don't think that you should drive. So Hannah's like, I thought I was supposed to help you if. And Emily's like, yeah, I needed help. You weren't helping. She informs Hannah that the excuse she'll use is that Ashley called and Hannah had to leave. So, you know, Hannah follows and Emily kind of walks away. Yeah, Hannah gets her jacket back, but not her keys. And she's just like, all that stuff about her blaming herself, your mom didn't buy it. I was looking at her. She wasn't buying any of it. So Hannah Hannah leaves and Emily's thinking to herself, well, hopefully that's not true. I think, feel like she kind of knows that it is, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hannah, and I feel like Emily, Emily has to know, Hannah's smarter than she seems. Like, if Hannah's telling you that, it's not out of spite. Mm-hmm. Anything you trust Hannah's uh, reads on people, she's usually pretty good about that. Well, you know, Hannah's been going through some issues. With the past few episodes, I think Hannah's been a little more reasonable than Emily has at times. Emily's been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it, I, I, I think a lar- large part of that is for her, this isn't just the drama of uh, a friend who... You, like, Hannah has this whole, like, where does she fit into, like, Allie's new equation? But with Emily... There's like romance involved. Yeah. So all rationalization is going to go out the window there pretty much. Right, right. So after the commercial, we're at the Rurendo Brew. Hannah's at the counter and we hear Hannah, right? Hannah turns around and it's, it's like Sydney, Sydney out of nowhere. Um, Sydney's like, it's Sydney, Emily's friend from the swim team. And Hannah's like, oh, uh, hey, you know. <laughs> I like the way she's like, oh, hey. And she's just kind of nodding and then it's just like getting weird. It's but like, why are we still? Why are we still pretending to have a conversation? <laughs> Hannah's also drunk, so I kind of expected when she leaned back for her to just like fall over. <laughs> and Sydney's like, "Haven't I'm having a hot date with my homework? You on your way out?" Or and Hannah's like, "No, I just had dinner at Em's. And Hannah just like keeps nodding. Like Sid, Sydney can like smell the booze. She kind of like covers her mouth. She's like, "Oh, must have been some dinner." Yeah. Do you want to sit for a minute? And Hannah's like, "No, I was I was just gonna head home." Sydney's like, not like that, you're not. Wait it out with me. We'll split a panini. And you gotta wonder, did Mona tell Sydney, like, use food to gain Hannah's trust? This bitch can't resist the panini. Mm-hmm. Hannah's like, okay, I guess I could probably sober up a little bit. I've already yacked on my mom once this week. LOL. And Sydney just kind of laughs nervously at this, like, <laughs> what's up with this bitch? Well, right now, Hannah really is coming off like gorgeous Jason De Laurentiis. I guess, yeah. Less oh. airheaded. Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't used it as an excuse or like an outlet. Yeah, for yeah. She's not like just busting it out as an excuse constantly. Um, so I wish I could help you, but I was just completely high. That checks out, Jason. Uh, the birthday comes up, and Hannah orders like a soy latte of caramel whipped cream. And Doesn't that sound gross? Soy yeah. latte with caramel and whipped cream. I don't know. Sydney orders the same. Uh, so we got to the Hastings kitchen. Spencer's I like had Starbucks in such a long time. Since you're like sitting at the island, uh, mostly comes back of a tray of food. I'm surprised you don't want to act this one out too. Oh, we can do this one if you want. You want to do the Hastings Dinner Theater? Sure. Do you do you want to still be Melissa? Uh, if if you if you think my uh, you know Melissa was the toast of Croydon. Well, hold on just a moment. <laughs> it's like we're like doing King Lear here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Melissa's walking over with a tray of food to the kitchen island there. And Spencer says, did she eat anything? Just some salad. 
Melissa sets the tray food down. I tried to coax her, but she just doesn't have any appetite. Because she knows whose side you're on. I'm not on anyone's side. Really? Then who's staying in your apartment? What was I supposed to do? Send Dad to a hotel because you're mad at him? I'm not mad at him! It's like, kind of sounds like you are, Spencer. So, okay, I was just trying to figure out who he is and who you are and what Mom and I are up against. Well, now who's taking sides? <sighs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of scoffing going on, too. Spencer's, or Melissa says, this isn't helping anything, you and I going at each other. It's bad enough to be Mom and Dad. Parents? Parents are not supposed to stop loving each other. This is not about love. If it were about love, then there wouldn't be bodies buried backyards up and down the street. This is about lies and whispered conversations that stop when somebody walks into a room. It's about Allison. What really happened to her? And what happened to that poor girl who ended up in the ground? Yeah, so Mulsa looks down. She looks pretty guilty, like she's about to start like crying. Um, what, what an amazing monologue. Like Maybe she's more torn up than just by the current Hastings Civil War. Mm -hmm. And Melissa's just like, you're right. I am? But it's still about love, Spencer. Sometimes people do things they can't explain, things they regret, but it's still about love. And Melissa just walks on out. Spencer's pondering this. Uh, man, what, what the hell is Melissa's secret, huh? Well, first of all, I love Melissa. I'm so glad that she's back. So, mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's bad when Melissa's the one who wants peace. Yeah. Um, yeah, this but, is a different side of Melissa than we've seen in, say, like, you know, season one or season two. But so Melissa's she's walking back out to head to the barn. Uh, we go back to the shot that started the scene of, like, Spencer sitting at the island in the darkened kitchen, looking very small. Mm -hmm. uh, then, like, the alert goes off. She goes to her bag over by the yeah, couch. Yeah, her, her iPad is beeping on her, so she goes over to it. If she pulls that out, there's an alert on it about how like the motion-activated camera has gone off. So she clicks on that and sees camera footage then of Melissa going into the barn and like the lights inside the barn switching off. Yeah, she got like the surveillance app from Ezra here. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, she she can see the you know, this video of Melissa walking into the barn and she kind of lowers the iPad and I feel like she's kind of probably pondering right now like maybe this is going too far. I just had something resembling a heart-to-heart -heart with melissa as close as she gets to one and now she's like spying on her yeah but at the same time if you know anybody ever tells spencer how to stop i figures i'll tell you gone. i simply cannot yeah yeah um let's cut back to the brew hannah and sydney are like chilling over in the liar's nook and hannah's just like you are so right melted cheese is the best booze blocker and he's like you can say that again hannah laughs i feel like i'm getting there with my sydney accent it's not perfect yet <laughs> but i feel like it's happening i don't know all why i have are so, words of encouragement i don't know why i'm so, so proud of that i mean it's mm -hmm. no it's no toby's accent i'll give you that but maybe no it, could it be is not maybe it could be something someday maybe i need to work on my whole brookie he hasn't been on the episode the show in too long yeah yeah it'd be good if he i could can't i'm not even gonna attempt it now because it'd be terrible well also he's not in the scene mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wish I was so? And uh, Hannah, meanwhile, is like she needs a napkin, and so Sydney's like moving her books on the table, and it's like, oh, here's this. It's like she's doing this on purpose. Like, oh, oh look yeah. at that. It's a newspaper with a story about the explosion at Jenna's house, and she's like, oh, I think they're under here. And she like holds the newspaper right up as she pulls out a napkin. She's like, 
yeah, here you go. And Hannah's like, thanks. Sydney's watching her, but like bait was not taken. So she just has to out with it. She's like, I was just reading about that. So scary. Apparently they lost everything. And Hannah's like, yeah, we were at M's house when it happened. Sydney's like, did you know whoever lived there? Oh, you're such a liar, Sydney. And Hannah says, yeah, yeah. Our friend Toby grew up there with his stepsister, Jenna. Also Toby's hair. Mm -hmm. And Sydney's like, her name just keeps popping up. People seem to have a lot of beef with her. People seem to have a lot of beef with her. Well, yeah, she definitely has her own chuck to grind. What does that mean? The the beef line. I remember that made me cackle like a madman when I first heard it. It was such a cheesy line. <laughs> and she's, she Chloe Bridges delivers it with such verve. Yeah, I mean, Sydney's not the greatest here. I mean, she's lucky Hannah's drunk. But Sydney is like... She's really what like Shauna should have been from the get go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I really wonder. Like, I mean, obviously we've seen that there's like some relation or or not relation, but like friendship between Shauna or not sorry, Shauna, uh, Jenna and Sydney here. Right. Is this? They're basically just like we need another Shauna. Like we just well, killed one off and brought in a different actress. Well, it's like somewhere in season four they were like, you know what really shot us in the foot of Shauna, guys? Is the casting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to dump on that actress too much because she has a nice name and the writing was name. the writing was never good for Shauna. And I well, mean, first of all, taking it back one more. Sorry. Like, what a great name for an actress who had a part on the show when they were already doing like a heavy like Shakespeare and the Tempest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Sydney just I don't know what like I feel like wherever they're shooting for Shauna, they just kind of missed. Yeah. But Sydney, I think they landed it because she's she has that vague sketchiness and like uh, slight slight evil or just like mean girl persona, you know? Yeah, I just don't think the actress playing Shauna had any room to work with. The sad thing is, is her best, most human scene was probably that scene that she did with Emily and Missy Franklin and Missy Franklin's teeth. Oh, yeah. Well, I felt like they, it, I wonder kind of like maybe they knew all along that she was going to be A and so they like told her to just play too coy to the point where like, like, you know how, um, who's, who are they talking about last week who does this well? Um, Allie, Allie plays ambiguous really well and there's a difference between being ambiguous and being blank. Right. You know, like Shauna just came off as kind of blank, whereas Allie, it's like, man, like what? I, I can never tell, you know, like where, where this is coming from. Is she sincere? Is she not sincere? Whereas Shauna just seems like kind of glib and boring. Well, and, and really it was just like too much reliance on being snotty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, could I see Paige and Shauna having a summer fling? Yes. And that's not something I want well, to they, visualize. I mean, the, the violin scene was nice with Shauna, but they needed to give her something like to really like I don't know like maybe a scene where she's crying or something or something where you kind of see like oh this is this is a human person with feelings you know she has her own story and and shit going on but well, you, you never got that she was just like kind of all is just like meh. but you couldn't go from the scene where she confronts Emily at the locker and is like I'm gonna steal your fucking scholarship bitch to Arya having to shut it down because maybe like <laughs> Sean and Emily are like like sexting or something yeah yeah. You know? It just it it it's a little bit the writing, it's a little bit the performance. I don't know what the direction was like. Uh, it was it was just it was imperfect. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like uh, Sydney is everything right about where Sean. It's like stuff the take off. two, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Hannah says, "Well, she definitely has chuck of her own to grind, whatever the fuck that means." 
And Sydney's like, and somebody thought her house would make a good barbecue pit? And Hannah laughs, and she's like, God, I would love to rake her over the coals. Oh, Sydney laughs in a way that, like, where she's kind of surprised at how mm-hmm. horrible Hannah is right now. Like, wow. And Hannah, she saves herself. She's actually, that is not true. Uh, I, I just think that at the whole time we were fighting someone else's battle. And Sydney's like, have you ever wanted to make up with Jenna? Quit fighting? And Hannah says, I mean, there's always a possibility that we could with Shauna, Jenna. And Sydney kind of raises her eyebrows at this little slip up. And Hannah says, but um, after everything that happened in New York, it was just too late. Sounds juicy. Oh, you done fucked up, Hannah. Yeah. Went and mentioned New York. Well, yeah, Sydney like really zoned in on something that she was looking for there. And Hannah mm-hmm. nods. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, very loosely, if you want to go room 237, we got the uh, got the theory there with uh, uh, Hannah and Shauna and Slips. But also, just a reminder for for all this, Hannah did pull Jenna from a burning building. Oh yeah, Hannah. Yes, has she had did some slap of her glasses off her face. Yeah, she's had like bad moments with Jenna, but then she's also had her her big moment of triumph at the end of season two. There. Yeah. Um. So we cut to Emily's bedroom. Emily's like sitting on the bed texting, and Pam pokes her head in and says, "It's the last chance for chocolate mousse." Which I know what that is. That sounds great. But Emily says she's good. Chocolate thanks. Chocolate mousse is uh. It's, I'd eat it if I'm hungry. I mean, especially since I don't know I'd what I'd rather a just have is. chocolate pudding. Chocolate pudding's good too. But I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I'd rather have butterscotch pudding. I am ambiguously hungry about whatever the popover is. Um, mm-hmm. Emily says she's good, but thanks. Pam says that she's sorry that Hannah had to leave, but it was really nice having that time with Allison, which is where I assume you're getting the, uh, like, uh, like Pam planned to get Hannah, like, so drunky poo that she had to leave. It just feels like it. I don't know. Because Emily says, well, how is it so important to have Allie here tonight? And Pam, like, she has this very, like, overly exaggerated, like, guilty shrug. And she's like, ah, I wanted to see the two of you together. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, And I just realized that maybe you thought of her as more than just a friend before she left. And Emily's like, I, I did. Pam nods. She's kind of she's crossing her arms, but she's smiling. She says, "A lot changed while she was gone. How do you feel now?" Emily has this look on her face, like, "Oh my god, you can't just ask me that." You know. <laughs> Emily's like, "I'm working on it." And Pam says, "You know, Emily, I um, I still talk to people. You know, people in the police force. And that story that Allison told you about being kidnapped, it's it's got some problems." No shit, Pam. Look, honey, I can't tell you how your heart should work. But just remember that you may have saved Allison once. You don't have to keep saving her. Emily just like dutifully nods as Pam leaves, like more worried than ever. Yeah, yeah, processing all that. Um, so at the brew, Cindy comes back over to Hannah some coffee refills. Cindy offers to like drop Hannah off at home. Hannah says sure, but then Caleb walks in. So Hannah tells Cindy that she thinks that she'll just walk home. The air will help. Cindy like leaves because. I think she's got what she needs from yeah. Hannah. So Caleb, meanwhile, is going to pick up three brownies. He's like Three brownies? Is he high? Yeah, really. Yeah, he just keeps on taking those brownies. Brownies, and those are like, I don't know, brownies, you can't eat a lot of brownies at once. Those things like just sit in your stomach, you know? Well, whatever your bears of choice, I mean, for me, in that case, it'd probably be milk. But, like, you're going to eat something because those are just going to be rich. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah. he's about to take off, and he looks over and spots Hannah. And it's time for some hashtag Caleb. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward. So he walks over to her, and he's like, did you blow off your dinner? And she's like, uh, I got kicked out. 
And he's like, seriously, what happened? Did Emily's mom catch you spitting into your napkin? So she shakes her head. He sits down. You know, say what her. you want about Pam, but I feel like she makes decent food. Oh, I'm whatever the hell the popover is. I'm sure it's delicious. I like to be mm-hmm. invited over for one myself. Um, Caleb sits beside her. He sets his three brownies down on the table in front of them. He does not offer her one of those brownies. No, he does not. He's like, these are all for me, by the way. They're not, none of them for you. None of them. <laughs> he like for you. slides them over to his side. Don't even fucking look at these brownies. These are yeah. off limits to you. Um, he tries to backpedal on his previous snark about Alice and saying that he shouldn't be giving advice to anyone how to handle their friends because all of his friends are canceled TV show characters and, and Toby. Dead ghosts and Toby. <laughs> Caleb, don't forget about me. <laughs> and Hannah says, I don't want to talk about Allison. I want to talk about us. He's like, what do you mean? What do you think she fucking means? Yeah, seriously. He says, I may have been having a hard time making decisions lately, but so have you. When it comes to me, you've been on the fence ever since you got back. Two episodes ago. <laughs> and Caleb says, look, we talked about this. You and Travis. And Hannah says, there is no me and Travis. Not when you're back here. Caleb's like, oh. Swoon. Yeah. Hashtag Caleb. And she's like, what do you want? He says, I, I don't know. Just some hand acting. Yeah. Rub his face. Oh, yeah. The time I spent away from here made me question a lot about reality. I'm not the same person. I learn stuff about my family and me and the world and ghosts. When I look around this room, I don't see the same stuff I used to. I see dead people. <laughs> and Hannah's like, do you see me? And he's like, of course. And Hannah says, then why don't we just start there? And he just kind of stares at her for a bit. And it's like, well, obviously Hannah has to do all the work here. So she leans in and kisses him. Then she like pulls back. They look at each other. Then she like takes his hand and, they, and she leans in and kisses him again. It's you know like the dark, sexy makeout mm-hmm. time. Um, for a second, like when she reaches over, I was like, "Is she just gonna rub his inner leg there?" Because <laughs> the way it's framed, it kind of looks like that. For a like she just she distracts him with a kiss while she reaches over for one of those brownies and he smacks her hand away. Yeah, those brownies are not for you. Um, so I think you had said that the dad shows up on Ravenswood for an episode, right? Yeah, at least one episode, maybe two. The uh, the uncle brother daddy. Oh. <laughs> um, obviously, we're not going to go into it now because we have the rest of the episodes in this half season to go into. But I feel like, yeah, like like some of the stuff they wanted to do with Hannah and Caleb in this half season kind of like, like took such precedence that they had to push them together so quickly here. Yeah. Like maybe they shouldn't have gotten together for like another two episodes. Maybe, but at the same time, it's like what we knew this was coming, right? I mean, Hannah's Hannah's telling telling the truth here. Like there is no Travis when Caleb's in town. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like another show, whether it be good or bad, would have gotten mileage out of taking this moment and like delaying it twelve episodes. I think what they've done is rather than delay this moment, they've decided to make this moment not feel as good as it maybe could have because right. they're both in kind of a dark place right now. Yeah, they are. This isn't the same happy Caleb that they used to be. No, this is the Dark Hannah saga. Yeah. Um. So after the commercial, we're in Spencer's bedroom. She's chilling on the bed, watching her camera footage on her iPad. Nothing's happening. She's getting bored. That's just how Spencer spends a, like a school night. Or She's whatever. like, you know, this is actually kind of relaxing. I can see how Ezra could get involved in this. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So she gets up, you know, because it's boring. She goes to her window. She looks out towards Allison's window, and it's dark over there. Yeah, she- lights off. The, just then, the uh, the iPad beeps and alerts. She goes back to bed. She, motion cameras have gone off again, so Spencer watches it. It's footage of Allison. Oh, we don't know it's Allison back. yet. Oh, okay. It's footage of someone in dark clothing walking across the yard by the barn, and then, like, some motion detector lights turn on. I kind of wondered, did, 
did Spencer install these two or these were these already there? So the lights turn on and the, this person stops and looks up at the, the lights on the barn. And then she turns and looks the other way. We can see her face and we see it's Allison. Mm-hmm. Allison's in like dark clothing and like a beanie. Like, uh, it's like a dune dirt outfit. Mm-hmm. And so this is very interesting as Spencer's zooming in on this. So I figure there's like probably two main possibilities here. Mm-hmm. Also, Spencer's wearing black, uh, nail polish. I'm pretty sure those are not her hands. Um, one would be Allie, like the whole thing with the barn. There's food in the barn. It's like somebody's been hiding out in the barn, perhaps. Yeah, I think it's it's like read between the lines. It's hinted at. It's suggested. And the, my, the first thought when I saw this was like, oh, maybe Allie's been coming over to hide out in the barn. Like she doesn't want to sleep at home. Right. Um, and that that could be the case. But then I'll, I think the easier answer would just be Allie's just sneaking out, and she does it through Spencer's yard because they share a yard. Right. But this time the camera caught her. Right. But then that makes us wonder who has been in the barn. Right. What's been going on there? Hmm. Well, I, I kind of wondered after this episode when I first watched it, if that's what Allison was doing at the end of Grave New World. Was she going back to her hiding place in Spencer's mm, barn? Could be. And the girls just happened to catch her. And then it was just I mean, like, It doesn't seem like a great hiding place because you never know when Melissa's going to come back. Well, like this is where like Peter keeps all of his like hidden salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison! What the fuck are you doing here? This has like an entire like movie popcorn machine in there. It's like, also, you're alive. Want some popcorn? Um, and some scotch. Man, I guess I really overpaid that PI I hired to prove that my daughter didn't kill you. <laughs> uh, or as uh, uh, as uh, one of our one of our listeners, Stephanie, suggests that perhaps Peter and uh, Veronica work for Wolfram and Hart from Angel. Um, that so makes it, sense. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense, actually. So, cut to Emily's bedroom where she's leaving Paige a voicemail. The voicemail. I got oh, it. I, I can give it to you if you want. I actually have spent time pausing and writing it all down. Go for it. You did? I did. Well, go for it, too. I, it sounded like you were going to gloss over it. No, I know. It's uh, She's like, hey, Paige, it's me. I heard what happened to you in the locker room. I should have called you sooner. I'm sorry if this was because of what I what you told me about Mona, which I think it was. I'm sorry I put you in the middle of this. If you need anything, please call me. Listen. Even if you don't need anything, just call, please. Okay, I love. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you're all right. Bye. And she hangs up with a sigh, and I don't know. I I, I know where Emily's coming from here, but it does seem a little cold to like be hedging with Paige when her and Allie are maybe just starting something. Well, it's a little bit of hedging of Paige, but it's also a little bit of the guilt. But then again, yeah, that, but it already feels like Emily is just like, I hit it and quit it basically with Allie. Yeah, maybe. But uh, at the same time, like Emily's not sensitive to the fact that like maybe that like pizza date, even though like Sydney was there, was a good idea for Paige. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she is already, you know, Paige hasn't had that long to not be Emily's girlfriend. And she's already the I love uh, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, to a certain extent. Page is basically Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> hmm? uh, yeah, expectation versus reality. Yeah, so just then, Emily, you know, uh, thankfully to get her out of, like, chewing over how awkward that was, she gets the SOS text from Spencer. Yeah, then we cut to Arya, who's on the phone to Spencer. Arya's in her very dimly lit house. Yeah, her very dimly lit house. And she's like, I'm walking out the door right now, Spencer. No, I haven't talked to Hannah. Yeah, okay, I'm on my way. Bye. 
She opens up the door and there's Ezra who's like maybe like just about to knock. And or he's like, Ezra. And he looks a little reserved. Does he seem like he's maybe a little like perturbed? Yeah. Like the way he's talking to Arya, it's like he's kind of like slightly mad at her. And he says, you saw Eddie when you were leaving, right? And Arya's like, yeah, in the parking lot. Why? And he says, he called to set up a meeting. I waited for over an hour. Eddie never showed up. It's like, well, Ezra, that's because Arya killed him. Yeah. I mean, come on. I really love the, like, the flashback scene where Arya gets in her car. She starts to drive away and then she just hits the brakes as she sees Eddie on the phone. She's like, God damn it. So then she and just she like, like, she pulls back up, parks the car, gets out as Eddie's hanging up from Ezra. And she's just like, God damn it, Eddie. Why'd you have to be so goddamn suspicious? And then she just like pulls out a gun and shoots him. That works. I would have simplified it for time where she pulls, you know, she's hitting him, runs him over. She just runs him down, like crushes him into <laughs> kind something. Of, I guess a little like, um, the way, uh, uh, what's his face? Robert Redford kills his maid in the, the Winter Soldier. Or he's just yeah, like, it, Ah, why didn't you knock? Yeah. I was thinking of there's there's an episode of the office I think where Andy and Dwight have a fight and uh oh, the, 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 hy- uh, the hybrid, the hybrid yeah. if he keeps it like like uh, like low enough speed like you won't hear the car and he just slowly runs into Dwight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crushes him against the wall. Um I know there's a movie where I've seen that but I can't think of it. There's a head. there's a Weeds joke. Uh, the the show Weeds does a joke about that. Okay, so we come to Spencer's kitchen where Spencer's there with Arya and Emily. Arya's like holding the iPad, looking at the footage on there, and Emily points out how that's not how Allison was dressed when she left Emily's house. And, um, yeah, Allison wasn't wearing her, her like sexy spy gear for the fancy dinner party of Pam. And Arya's just like, where's Allie going? Did you see her come back? And Spencer says, no, not yet. So Arya asks Emily how Allison was acting when she left her house tonight. And Emily's like, hard to tell. She left pretty early. Might have been Hannah's fault, though. She was drinking. Emily just had to tell them that. Yeah. Well, then Arya, in front of your mom. Emily's like, yeah, had to kick her out. She knows I'm mad. She might not even show up. Spencer's like, she has to. We have to figure out what Allie's up to. Well, I like Spencer in this scene because she's just like, maybe we don't vilify Hannah, guys. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, I I feel like Spencer, more than any of them, maybe knows how... uh, it's it's never long before like you're the one under the you know the the dangerous gaze of a and you know like it's like the she's been on both sides of things she's She's been been, she's been accused she's been through not one but two dark spencer sagas Mm -hmm. so yeah um so just and they all get texts they check them let's just go ahead and assume that they're probably a text they do not look pleased by whatever these texts say well for the first time it's not like we see that they don't read them out immediately. Hannah walks in then, says that she's sorry. She ran to Caleb. She had, they had a few things they had to talk about. I feel like if the scene went Hannah's way, she's probably going to tell her friends how happy she is to be back with Caleb. But Yeah, no, not so much. Uh, Arya just holds up her phone. She's like, did you just get a text that came in? It's from A. And it's like, no. And he's like, are you sure? Check your phone. So Hannah does. She shakes her head. and She's like, I don't know what, you, what text you guys are talking about. Spencer just holds out her phone and like all their eyes are so full of like scorn and disappointment. Mm-hmm. And Hannah reads it. She reads New York, New York. It's a hell of a town. Allie's keeping secrets. Maybe that's because of Hannah's big mouth. Spencer's like care to fill us in. And these liars like Arya especially looks like super pissed. Yeah. Like she's just totally glaring hatred at Hannah for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Poor Hannah. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get the A tag. A has uh, is holding a, a letter addressed to Mrs. Pam Fields at 43 Serenity Lane. Holding it in front of, I don't know, some sort of like air heater thing. Like something blowing heat or moisture. I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, blowing on this letter. And basically it's it's heating the seal, I assume. Like the glue seal. So then right. A pulls out a knife and is able to open up this letter. A switchblade. Switchblade, yeah. Without open up the letter without it, you know, tearing or anything, and she pulls. Looking a, tampered with, yeah. A pulls out an invitation to an engagement party for Ellen Zach. Remember Zach? Bigger bro Zach. Mm-hmm. He's coming back. <laughs> oh, I have the address for the rear window brew there. Two three nine six five Ewart Avenue. Hmm. There you go. There you go. Still no date on it. Uh, so anyway, A puts that down on a table where it looks like there's a bunch of Pam's other mail there too. Then A pulls out a phone, takes a picture of it, and then it, A takes that letter and like you know stuffs the invitation back in. And she A uses some glue to glue up the uh, you know broken seal there and puts it back like you know it's never been tampered with. So A's just reading Pam's mail. Something's going down of Zach and Ellen their engagement party. Mm-hmm. That was the A tag. That was the episode. Silence of E Lamb. Will we ever see Eddie Lamb again? I hope so. I mean, I feel like the most obvious answer to why he disappeared was like he realized he was going to get in trouble and so just went out of town or something. Well, you know? here's the thing. So he works at a place where like patients mysteriously die, mm-hmm. like cops cover it up. Like, way too dialed-in girls like Spencer get committed. Uh, somehow the cops show up again. People are getting sued. He can't talk to people. He reaches out to what he... I don't know what the hell he thinks Ezra is. Yeah, Some really. Some kind of independent, independent, like... How could you trust Ezra over Spencer? Like, reporter. And then he suspects that Ezra sent, like, his underage girlfriend in <laughs> to spy on him. As he do. I'm sure Eddie's just like, you know what? Fuck this <laughs> my sister runs a bakery three thousand miles away that's where i'm going or, or Arya just ran over him with his her car yeah or he's going back to the army wasn't he in the army or the navy the navy yeah. yeah um i'm sure he could get a job at some other uh house for wayward girls also are they hiring um so yeah next week scream for me scream for me Screen for Me is written by Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith, directed by Bethany Rooney. Hmm. I don't even remember that episode. Some of these, some of these like five oh, A later episodes kind of blend together in my mind. Uh, okay, yeah, I see a little bit of this. This one pops up a lot in your uh, your five A video. Not a lot, but mm. there's some good there's some good cuts. Oh there. yeah, okay, I, yeah. This is this is a controversial episode coming up. Uh, it's an interesting episode as far as the mystery of Allison, but yeah, this is the one I believe that really set the internet on fire as far as PLL and their relationships. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next time. Um, oh, Hey, here's just something I thought I'd bring up to the group. We're we're very close to getting caught up now. Obviously the, the, uh, Christmas special is going to air possibly before we do another podcast. Now we'll probably have one up before then, but obviously we're not going to be caught up. We're, we'll be caught up for 5B, mm-hmm. uh, January 6th. Um, how, how, just throw this out to our listeners. What would you prefer? Would you prefer a podcast that was up the next day 
that was perhaps not as uh, detailed as the ones we normally do and we can take notes for a long time? Or would you prefer we waited and like really deep dove on each episode and maybe posted it like the next Monday before uh, the next episode airs? I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't think we'd wait to the next Monday. It may. I can understand if it's not up Wednesday morning. I was just thinking, wait till the Monday just to kind of like, hey, let's, you know, here's your breakdown of the last episode right for the next one. I don't know. Well, I guess it the, could go up earlier. The reason why I would say no to that is because I don't know what people's schedules are. I don't know if they have yeah. podcast time the Monday night before, you know, it gives them basically 24 hours to get caught up, at least with our opinions on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see something where like, I know our, we were talking about ways that we could have it up Wednesday night. And uh, we've listened to a few other PLL podcasts that you know, maybe aren't as great that really struggle for that kind of thing. Um, it is thought, hard to talk about something right after you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard, and we're not we're not in the business of doing shitty podcasts. If we, well, I don't want to do two. I know like the like the Bald Move podcast guys, they'll do like a quick reaction podcast and then like a longer detailed one. I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd rather just do one for each episode. But I think I think basically what we're talking about is the difference potentially between having it up for you Wednesday morning or having it up for you like Wednesday night. Wednesday night, Thursday morning, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If anyone has an opinion on that, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we can be found at broswatchpll2 on Twitter. You can go to our website page, which is broswatchpll2.com. If you want to leave us kind of like a longer comment, that's usually the best place to do it. Um, and if you like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review in iTunes. We always appreciate that. Up to 31 reviews in the U.S. now. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did we get a review recently that we haven't talked about? I think we've talked about them all. I think we talked about the last one yeah. in the last episode. Uh, social thanks, as always, to Shay, Yuan, Liz, Cassie, Jared, Monica, Catherine, Leah, and the new Fringe, and Esther's Eggplant for commenting on the last episode glad you guys enjoyed uh, some of them i some of you guys i feel bad because i don't know your real names and so i'm gonna say usernames which is fine <laughs> I, don't, I don't need your, your real name if you don't want to put it out there on twitter because that's that's probably okay but um, i know you've been you've been bragging about getting followed by grumpy cat on twitter i got followed by a, a. so there you go i did too i also got mm-hmm. followed by sherlock holmes today which mm. that's cool which i also one? got uh, unfortunately, it's like the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, well, yeah. what are you going to do? It was right after I tweeted about Benedict Cumberbatch playing Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, working my way up there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we just want to thank everyone for for conversing with us, commenting if they like the show, uh, teasing us about our love of the magical timeline and the dream logic that goes along with it. Thank you, Norbuck. Well, you know, uh, I, I'd actually totally forgotten to mention that in the last episode. I was like really trying hard to like, talk myself into like no really it's still 2011 up until the frozen reference on the show and that was when i had to be like okay i just had to accept the you know magical magical dreamland this is not going to be 100 percent verisimilitude well i mean we did that in the episode i think i think we talked yeah. about this is kind of a funny anachronism well um, i definitely remember right at that moment like that was the one where you couldn't you couldn't like wave it away and be like, no, really, maybe. It was like, no, there's, there's no way. It's still 2011. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to thank everyone for coming to us. Um, I know a couple of people had mentioned like, you know, are you guys sure that you don't mind people trying to converse with you or comment on the episodes or whatever? And of course we want to hear from you. Like, I think 
the podcast has gotten better coinciding when we started to hear from people who actually listened to us. And it's always interesting to get different perspectives on things that happen on the show. You know, I mean, our opinions, we, we vary occasionally, but we're, we're somewhat similar. So it's nice to read other reactions to things and whatnot. Also, uh, Hector Divas, Hector Diva tweeted us that want to see us do our thing with the serial podcast. Um, now what does that mean? Does that mean like listening to the serial podcast and then commenting on it? Well, so I, I'm not sure. I don't know if like, the the desires for us to do something similar in the vein of the serial podcast which would be interesting or for us to do a podcast about the serial podcast there is actually an, an onion av podcast called the serial serial i haven't listened mm-hmm. to it i've only listened to serial um i've not listened to serial i don't know i have a thing about npr it's it's interesting it's interesting in the same it's the same uh, uh format editing style somewhat as uh radio lab which i've always liked um yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'd like more clarification on that, and then uh, I'd like to also know what other people think we should do, <laughs> other than PLL once we're caught up. Because well, I gotta take a fucking vacation when I'm caught up. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I'm taking a vacation before we're caught up. But uh, Benji is such a trooper that he's talked about <laughs> doing an episode while on vacation. Maybe we'll see. I don't know if I want to lug my microphone up to Seattle with me, but oh, that would be funny. I just. When you go to Seattle and Canada, I just really want somebody at customs to be like, the fuck is this? Yeah, my giant ass microphone. <laughs> and you're like, obviously, you're not a golfer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for everyone who's commented or said anything about us ever, thank you. Don't yeah. stop. Always nice hearing from people. And, yeah, that's about it. We will be back next time to talk about Scream for Me. Until then. Oh, I hope everyone enjoys the holiday music that I made. Yeah. It's pretty half-assed, but I feel like it gets the job done. (laughs) Bye-bye.